0: Hey everyone, welcome to Game Face, episode 293 on Sifted Games at sifted.net. And yes! Finally got my one shot fix and we actually did the open to the show. Correctly this week, Matt. How's it going, man? Well done. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny the last episode. It cuts to you, and you're just kind of chilling mm. there. Um, anyway, we're back. I want to apologize off the top that we missed last week. Um, I was sick as a flipping dog. I have, I have, first of all, I hadn't been sick in like six years or something. Never got COVID or anything, made it through all that stuff, and uh, I got like a stomach virus or something. I don't even know what it was, but I literally couldn't like take a sip of water without getting sick and puking. It was, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. (laughs) I'll just put it to you that way. I would. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, I was sick for like four days, and then my wife got it. She fought it off in like two or three days, though. I had it way worse than her. Uh, But anyway, we're back. Um, so I do apologize for missing the show last week, uh, but we're back with a fervor this week We have a great show for you guys, tons of big games to talk about um, I don't think we really missed any last week either
1: Not really Yeah. Might have gotten to talk about uh, the janky hero RPG I've been playing Oh right, that's, that's true, because yeah. we would have needed it but no. Yeah, because there's nothing <laughs> else to do <laughs> let, let, let Shane know if you want me to talk about Elix too, yeah. Because I put up more, more hours than anyone should into that game for some reason
0: Yeah, Matt told me, I was like, what did you play this week? And he told me one game, then he said Elix 2, and I was like, I don't really know much about Elix 2. So I went and started looking it up, like watched a couple YouTube videos, and I was like, no, I don't think so. Uh,
1: It's a a masterclass in Eurojank. (laughs) It's it's exactly what we're talking about when we talk about that. It it is a B game. It's a B-list game in a way they just don't make anymore, except it's the guys who made Gothic and Risen, and it's the only thing they've made for like the last (laughs) 20 years, so... Um, it's a, ama- it's an amazing, weird, like, it's like it's frozen in amber. And I think, I, I think, I think it's an entertaining, uh, rundown. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell you to play it yeah, by yeah. any stretch of the imagination. I wouldn't tell anyone to play it.
0: Actually. I think you just shared pretty much all you need to share about Elix 2.
1: Oh, there's so much more.
0: <laughs> the B-roll sounds like it might've been entertaining, to say the least. Oh
1: yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's, a. Uh... There's there's probably a, there's there's probably a really interesting no clip documentary in that uh, Piranha Bytes dev team like like <laughs> what are, what are you doing and why have you never hired a combat designer? It would be my main question. Yeah. Because the combat in that game is just as bad as it's been since like Gothic two. Wow. And I know there's people that say Gothic two is as good combat and they are wrong. wrong. <laughs> So, anyway, we're back after a week
0: off. Um, Also, I did not, I was not able to do Good Morning Gaming for the entire week because I felt like death. Uh, But that returned this week, and we've had two episodes already this week, and here we are with Game Face with a great episode of Game Face for you guys, by the way. Uh, Also, I keep doing the Shane vs. Elden Ring live streams every Saturday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern. Matt, I've actually made like pretty good headway. Yeah, I beat Godric, like, I think if I counted him, like, I fought him six times before I beat him, something like that. Way better than I thought.
1: What kind of of character are you playing?
0: The same. Like, I've just morphed my character and, like, added more strength and other attributes and things like that. But, honestly, the reason I'm doing it is because you guys are helping me get through the game. So, with each new episode, we archive it, and we put it up for our patrons, and then people give me tips. Um, And then, every Saturday morning, I wake up, I do a little bit of curation, and then I do my homework... Um, Which is like a list of things that people have told me. Okay, now that you've done this, you should probably go do this, this, and this. Mm. I try to get that stuff done before the stream starts at 2 p.m. Pacific. Um, And then we go on a little odyssey together for like an hour, an hour and a half. We see what I can uh, accomplish in that amount of time. It's been fun. And you guys have been awesome helping me get through the game. Um, So keep that in mind every Saturday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern. It's only about an hour, hour and a half. uh, And it's a lot of fun. A lot of people are very helpful and I appreciate it a bunch. Uh, before we get going, um, there was a disturbance in the forest yesterday. Mm-hmm. Brandon Jones has yes. announced that he is retiring. Um, most of you guys probably know most, I think most of the people on the stream know that I come from game trailers and I worked with Brandon for seven or eight years. Um, I was surprised to see this. Um, but not that surprised. I think most people probably were really surprised uh, for me, I wasn't that surprised because I'm kind of in the same boat. I'm a little older. I'm doing this; it's a grind. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's there's no time off. It, it you, to do this, and I mean do this like on Patreon or as a YouTube channel or an influencer, not work at like a major publication or whatever. It's different to do what Brandon and I are doing. Mm-hmm. It's just nonstop. It you have to give over your life to this. There's no in the middle. I have done that. I have given up all my free time for our Patreon, and it doesn't really seem to make a difference for us. It just doesn't. I don't know what I have to do at this point to make our Patreon go up. It feels like every Patreon launches at its highest amount, and then it's just a slow decline down. Like, it just doesn't seem like there's any up or down with Patreons. I don't know if Kind of Funny has managed to break that curse, but it seems like every Patreon, you launch... You have a amount of money you can probably work with. And then just mm-hmm. over time, Like I had no idea that Easy Allies Patreon had fallen as much as it had. I should have guessed because ours has got destroyed mm-hmm. through COVID. Sometimes
1: you can't tell because they hide the total. Well,
0: that's what's happened with a lot of the gaming Patreons lately is when their total gets to a certain number, they just start hiding it. Mm-hmm. So you can't see it. Well, then
1: also sometimes if it gets high enough, they hide it. Right, because they, they don't
0: want people to not contribute because they're like, like oh, they oh, you have enough. Yeah. yeah, you already have enough money. It's this weird... Thing. Do you think the Patreon experiment though has ultimately failed, Matt?
1: I mean, not for the people it worked for. I you mean, know, kind was, of funny. Obviously, it's been great. Yeah, there's but. always going to be, you know, I, th- I think if you're like a smaller operation that's not putting a tremendous amount of time into, you know, the production value, uh, it, it more or less works. I think like you know a lot of the like the film essay uh, YouTubers I follow or, or even contribute to on Patreon. Like, they seem to do okay, and they're usually, like, a, a host and, like a, like, a writer and a producer, like, doing, like, a vid, one video a month. Mm-hmm. And that seems to work for them. Like, it keeps their production company, a of, of small production company in business. Um, but in terms of, like, I think it's just a, a matter of balance. It's, like, that's a decent living if you're making one video a month or two videos a month, yeah. maybe doing a live stream every once in a while, like, to interact with people. If you're doing, like, daily gaming content, like, that's a whole lot more grind for a whole lot less money. Well, I'm in doing comparison.
0: right now, I'm doing a daily podcast, Good Morning Gaming, every day. That's 20 to 30 minutes long. I do a three hour episode of Game Face every week. I do two to three episodes of Pactor Factor every week. All the special one off stuff that we do, Ask Shane Anything, Dossier, I handle all that stuff. That's all me. Me. I'm doing that all by myself, in addition to doing some curation on the weekends. So Vincent doesn't have to do it seven days a week. It's a
1: grind, man. It It, it literally literally will kill you. (laughs) Might be time to start the OnlyFans.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I'm just going to have to get nude for the money. (laughs) I don't don't know what else I can do. But it does feel like the great Patreon experiment has kind of ultimately failed. It lasted for five years, it seemed like. Six years. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's kind of... It's it's sort of it plateaued basically. Like if you yeah. if you got in good and, the, and you succeeded, you're you're pretty good. Yeah. Uh, if you didn't, there's but too, see, I thought easy allies noise. was that. Yeah.
0: And like I was shocked to see where their total is. It's less than half of what it started at. Mm-hmm. And we we actually haven't been beat up that bad. We haven't yeah, fallen I don't know. to less than. I don't half know if that's common.
1: I don't know if that's like a a, a common drop. Uh, but uh, again, they so many people that are equivalents hide the total that it's hard to tell. Yeah, it's true. Um, so anyway, Brandon, I just want
0: to say, like, I don't want to eulogize a guy because he's very young. Still, he's very fortunate to be in a position where he can, and he's still going to do VO
1: work and he's still going to do, you know, he's still going to do other stuff. He's just not going to do daily video game journalism. Well, he said he's retiring from games journalism,
0: whatever that entails. Um, but I love Brandon. He is an amazing guy. He is one of the best people, people I have ever worked with in this industry. Um, I'm not exaggerating. I'm not conflating anything. He is just an amazing person. I talked about it a little bit on this morning's episode of Good Morning Gaming. And um, when I first started working at Game Trailers, he was the first guy who came to me and was like, hey, I'm Brandon. Like, let's be friends. (laughs) Before (laughs) that, it was like, welcome aboard. Hope everything goes great with you here. And he was the first person to come to me and, like, be a person Uh and say, hey, I'm Brandon. This is... I, I helped launch this thing. This is... You know, my baby, we're very happy to have you here. Like, where are you from? He wanted to get to know me. He was the first person at GT that did that. So um, I will always love Brandon Jones. He's also come on Game Face several times. Um, I don't know why he's never had me on their shows. That's always been a Mm -hmm. weird thing for some reason. I've never been on... He's definitely
1: has time to come back. (laughs) He
0: does. He does now, for sure. Um, And then there were, you know, his son has had some medical issues over the last couple months. Although he did say that he had actually made the decision last year to leave and he's just now doing it so i don't know how much the uh issues with his son has played into it some
1: of it is probably like covid putting things into into a different perspective for people i mean blair herter is doing a similar thing uh you know he's he he announced this week that he's leaving g4 and moving to amsterdam with his family to work for team liquid yeah Um, which i know is something i remember talking to him about that years and years ago so I think it was a thing where it's just like, oh, that, that made a lot of people realize, like, oh, we want to do some of these things. we got to do them. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I respect that.
0: I do, too. Um, I don't know what the hell's going on in G4. Yeah,
1: I don't think anybody does that.
0: Ooh. Holy they, moly. They, already,
1: they, uh, they, they killed their uh, eSports discussion show because they couldn't show any eSports footage. Which
0: makes no sense <laughs> whatsoever. The, well,
1: because the eSports companies own the footage, so they wouldn't license it. They wouldn't allow them to use it. That's
0: like ESPN not being allowed to use NFL highlights. Yeah, well. That's so short-sighted on the part of the game publishers, Mm -hmm. but they do have a chokehold. It's not the game
1: publishers; it's the esports leagues. The leagues, I think, it's the leagues wouldn't let them use the the footage of the actual. Then that's really stupid. Mm -hmm.
0: Really, really stupid.
1: Everyone running all of that stuff is stupid. Yeah. Like no one knows how to make money on esports, so everybody's paranoid about everything. Like, oh if we if we let this go, that might be where the money is. It's not. I promise no, it's not. It's not.
0: You're not gonna make tons of money off of licensing. Yeah, the only footage.
1: the only thing you could possibly get from that is more exposure.
0: Yeah. Yeah, by letting them use it. It's yeah. there's a reason why the NFL
1: lets that happen. Yeah. <laughs>
0: if you I mean, if you're not smart enough to look at what the NFL does and say, you know Mm -hmm. what? They're probably right.
1: Yeah. If the NFL NFL does it, I promise it's safe. Yes. And it's the best
0: practice. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: they are about as conservative as you can get when it comes to like deciding what to do with their IPs. Yeah. And I mean,
0: they are, they guard it like at every turn that they can where it makes even the slightest bit of sense to do so. And the NFL does it, and yeah. here are these esports leagues. Just- also,
1: also maybe worth saying to some of these game publishers that pull trailers down or right. do strikes against their own promotional footage. Yeah, which is still Absol- the weirdest yeah. thing.
0: There are fewer of those. Like it's still really like Rockstar, some some Bandai Namco stuff, and that's pretty much it at this point. Most of mm-hmm. the even Nintendo has figured it out at this point. They're like, you know what? Just Man, let if Nintendo's figured
1: it out. You're way you're behind. That's the, curve. the NFL example, isn't yeah. it?
0: If Nintendo's good with it, then everybody should be good with it. So anyway, um, I just want to say I have a lot of love for Brandon Jones. He did some amazing stuff. He launched game trailers, created a business that I was able to work at for seven years of my career. That's amazing. Not just me, obviously dozens and dozens of other people. Then he goes on and creates Easy Allies, a new outlet for people to work. Um, I really appreciate people who create jobs for other people. Like, it's not easy to create a business where you can... Have other people work for your business and pay them and give them some kind of a living from it. It's a really good feeling for me personally, and I'm sure Brandon feels the same way, and he has now done it twice. Um, But honestly, like if someone had to ask me, and I have not talked to Brandon about this at all, so I don't have any insider information, but I would say he'd probably just burn the F out. Mm -hmm. It is brutal. I know people are like, you guys have a dream job. It would be a dream job if you did it 40 hours a week. Mm -hmm. It would be the dream job. Also, it doesn't stop. It never like no end to stops it. ever. I never have a day off. Ever. Mm. And it it's nice the crazy part is I still love doing it. And I think some people, you really get tested. Like, how much do you really love games? Like, how much do you really love games? Can you do it 70, 80 hours a week and still come back for more? Not everyone can. I have been doing it now for seven years and here I am. I'm still standing. So um
1: yeah, once a week is enough for me. Yeah,
0: for most people it is. And this is my life. And you can see our Patreon. I'm not getting paid, people. I am not cha-chinging my way with Sifted. It's for the love. I have a passion that just doesn't die. But even I get to a breaking <laughs> point sometimes, like where I'm like, what the F am I doing? My wife, like, my wife hates Good Morning Gaming. Hates <laughs> it. Because I record it every night. I have to wait for the news to happen so I can record it so that happens at like 6 30 or 7 o'clock i record the podcast takes me 30 45 minutes to record it then i have to edit it all together then i have to render it then i have to upload it then i have to promote it and that takes me from around 6 30 until 10 30 or 11 o'clock at night every night after working all day so she's like where's my time i've literally see her now like 45 minutes a day after i get done with that and before she goes to bed because she has to get up earlier than me so It's a sacrifice! It's a big-time sacrifice, and I can totally understand why Jones would be like, you know what? I'm out. (laughs) I totally would get it. Uh, I do wish everyone who's staying at Easy Allies the best of luck. I love those guys, too. I worked with those guys at Game Trailers for quite a while, at least most of them. Damiani and Bloodworth obviously worked with me for a really long time. Some of the other guys were interns or whatever whenever I left, or PAs. Um, So I don't know them quite as well, but I do know they're good dudes, and they do good work. So uh, I hope that Easy Allies can stick it out. Um, and I hope that their Patreon doesn't get hammered after Jones leaves because it's possible. So, anyway, with all that said, I want to thank everybody who's in the chat right now. You guys are totally talking it up about this. And I knew it would be a big topic for you guys because um, there's a lot of crossover between our folks and the Easy Allies folks because we come from the same family. So, um, yeah, lots of discussion in here. Well, before we get going, though, I want to thank people for Twitch Prime, AJ the Legend, Watson. What's up, man? Good talking to you during the uh, live Ask Shane Anything recording this weekend. That archive's going up soon. Um, We already hit the hype train. That's awesome. AJ also giving out tier one subs. Ian Esquire um, giving us bits for Good Morning Gaming. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. In fact, let me pop the chat up on the screen here so you guys can see it. Um, Also, thank you for Twitch Prime. Ian Esquire. Gurzilla, thank you for Twitch Prime. Um... Uh, Kevin Rafa, would you say that you enjoy Elden Ring? Hmm. (laughs) Mm, Not really. Like, I play it. I don't hate it. Like, I like it more than all their other games. So that's a step in the right direction. Mm -hmm. But would I rather be playing Elden Ring on Saturday for uh, two hours? Or would I rather be trying to finish Horizon Forbidden West? I'd rather be playing Horizon, just Mm -hmm. being honest. Um, But I have made it way farther in this game than I have in any other From Software game. So that says something yeah um, i
1: do i do like it yeah i'm uh i just hit 100 hours in my second character wow and uh level 179 i think
0: wow i'm level I'm a, i am
1: a very powerful sorcerer <laughs> i got uh, my intelligence is 80 yeah and just <laughs> oh i can i can two shot most stuff <laughs> like bosses uh not so much but a, a good rock sling they're not lasting too long i, I kill most stuff in about five five six shots Wow. While, while they're being distracted by my summon.
0: <laughs> oh, we got a lot of good stuff in here, actually. Karma Lounge, thank you for Twitch Prime. Um, Corey Film, thank you for the bits, man. I appreciate that. Johnny Hurricane, thank you for Twitch Prime. Nox Aeternitis, thank you for Twitch Prime. You know, everyone who watches this on uh, YouTube, you guys can do this, too. You're getting the show for free. It would be nice if you could spend the three seconds once a month to hook us up. We're giving you three hours a week for free. Uh, and it takes you two seconds while you're listening to the show just go and resubscribe it takes two seconds we need it folks we need the help uh who else we got in here that hooked us up el guapo 3385 thank you for twitch prime andy t monahan thank you for subscribing at tier one talica 1981 thank you for twitch prime not thank you cinetyke thank you for the bits for recovering from my illness um lesteved thank you for gifting out tier one subs swanlin thank you for twitch prime so much good stuff in here thank you guys it's a good way to come back from a week off from the show see if we got anything else here before we get going and i think that's it an
1: answer to fire native i did do a melee uh build for until uh, level 60 ish on pc the pc review copy um and then i started an xbox Magic character just to see how the Xbox version ran mostly, but I got sucked into the Sorcerer character and have played that more now than, okay. I, than I played the Melee character. Okay. Not that I didn't enjoy the Melee character, but I just always... I, I like magic builds in the, in the From games, so...
0: Okay. That's what I've kind of stuck with, like...
1: And this is the best magic system in any From game. Yeah. This, this is by far the best they've ever done.
0: The people who have watched the stream have kind of guided me along the way of pulling back a little bit from being a mage and... Yeah. Increasing like my physical abilities. More. Yeah, I would
1: say the trade-off is that. Um, May I think magic stuff works better in this game if you already have a lot of experience with the with the series. Yeah, because um, you know the ins and outs, and you know how you need to behave. Mm-hmm. Um, Whereas, like, the it's easier, I think, to get into the melee combat, because the melee combat is going to forcibly teach you how these enemies work. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, I definitely found the melee combat a better way to learn the new systems of the game. Yeah. Um, I, I, and I was forcibly... I had to unlearn some stuff that I was expecting to, to, you know... You have to approach things a little differently in this game, which I like. They did change it up more than I thought they did. Yeah. Um, I am looking... I will probably keep building this character, and in New Game Plus, I will probably build the strength uh side of him i'm already building the strength of him up so i will probably get to a point like i do do in the other dark souls games where he is kind of a a hybrid okay he can do anything
0: i do feel like the game still feels like a lot of work like for instance um like we were going through my inventory on the stream and i had all these gold runes i had no idea what to do with them Oh, and, see that
1: goes back to demon soul so that's what I mean by like already knowing yeah building on the, the knowledge or whatever
0: and they had just been sitting in my inventory for yeah. hours and hours and hours and they're like dude use those yeah I had
1: they'll get you they'll get you over the level up
0: oh I could yeah, have limit. leveled I leveled up like four times mm-hmm. with them. Like and I had, could have I could have been four levels higher this whole time and I had yeah, the, no idea.
1: The two things, the two tricks I use in that regard is like you know obviously if you're close to to leveling up, use your 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 runes, your golden runes to like mm-hmm. get your get yourself over that limit. Yeah. If you don't have enough still, like there's a couple farming spots where like obviously you can go for you know go here for an hour and you get two million runes. Which yeah. There's is videos
0: all over YouTube. Yeah. For that stuff.
1: But I you know knowing where those things are is useful because it's like okay I I'm about to have to fight a boss. I'm at a site of grace. Uh, I am like twenty thousand runes away from my next level up. I'm gonna go to this place where I, you kill this one thing, get thirteen thousand runes, mm-hmm. and do that twice and level up. So I've got like nine hundred runes when I fight this boss. So if I die it and can't pick the runes up again, yeah. who cares? Who cares? Like yeah. that's one enemy. Well,
0: I went and did the cheese dragon in the last stream where you just sit there and just whack its side for like twenty. 25- oh, with the bleed. Yes. Yeah. And uh, you, and you get, you get like... eighty thousand runes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And like, <laughs> and you activate the chicken foot and the, yeah. In the... I, I
0: do wonder, like, what percentage of people who are making it through the game are using this stuff. Because as you said, like, Most I've, of them. I've watched videos where people go to these places where you just kind of stand in place and maybe shuffle side to side, and enemies are just dying around you, and your room count is just like,
1: it's... Yep. I mean, there's a, I mean, I, even this, uh, the other day, it was yesterday, the day before, I can't remember. I think it was yesterday. I I decided I, I, mean, I was going for the last few summons I didn't have, and I I fought the uh, the Black Knife uh, Ringleader or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I that's a hard fight even at my level. And so in the end, I did I pinned him in a corner and just sort of like I didn't you do combos. I just sort of like hit hit hit. Hit like just fat, just long enough so my stamina didn't run out, and he wasn't able to go into a new animation. Yeah, and he couldn't get away because he's cornered in this by a by like a rock. Uh And I just did that for like seven minutes until he died. And now I have the best summon in the game. The cheese dragon took me about twenty five minutes. Yeah, it's it's a long it's a long one. It's funny, and there's and at first you're like when I I did that too, and at early on I'm like I'm not doing any damage to it, and then all of a sudden you get that big chunk. Yeah, I'm like, what yeah. What is oh, that? Okay. It's like oh, because bleeds it's, a percentage. It's The bleeding. Yeah. It doesn't matter how high level you are if you're doing bleed damage, it's gonna take the percentage off. Okay, yep. that makes sense. Yeah. So like again, learning those systems. I
0: felt guilty doing it. I was like, is this I mean, that's
1: literally what it's there for. Like, there's I guess. no what because it doesn't do anything else. Yeah the only other thing so you weird. can do with that is you can farm the dragons around yeah. it. Yeah. And they'll they keep will spawning. Yeah. 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 I didn't I just um, killed the dragon and then they all the babies fall at the same time. Whereas if you kill the um if you kill the dragon all the others die permanently, but you do get all their hearts, which is good for yeah. dragon. Well, social. here we are talking about Elden Ring again.
0: <laughs> so, I mean, that certainly I mean, says something to, about the game. Yeah, Elden
1: Elden Ring is going to be repeatedly coming up over the course of the whole year, I think. Yeah. And then we're going to have to do it again in December cuz Yeah.
0: Game of the Year stuff rolls through. So, There you go. It's time to kick off the show proper, and we're going to kick off the show with what I think is probably the biggest game of the week, and that is Ghostwire Tokyo, the brand new IP from Shinji Mikami. Shinji Mikami is the creator of Resident Evil. He left Capcom. Was it after Resident Evil 4? Did he work on 5 at all?
1: I, don't, I thought he did some preliminary stuff on 5 but maybe. left. But like I don't think his stuff that he did anything he did on that is in yeah. 5.
0: But for the most part, the last Resident Evil that he really worked on was Resident Resident Evil 4, which most people agree is probably still the best game in the series if not one of the best at the very least. Um, and then he left. He started his own studio called Tango Gameworks. Is that the right long form of it? Yeah, format? I think so. Tango Gameworks and then they've been doing the Evil Within ever since. This is a brand new IP that he has said himself That he has actually pulled back from a little bit and let the people that he's been that have been working with him for all these years kind of take the lead on the game um the first thing that i would say about this game is that it makes a very very strong first impression my first hour or two at this game, I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is like goody material."
1: There's, there's, that's true of their other the Evil Within games too. Like Evil Within comes on strong too.
0: Yeah, this one, is especially like the Evil Within, managed to keep me hooked till the end of the game. This one, after a few hours, the interest in it definitely starts to wane. So, you play as a man named Akito, and you're seeing kind of the opening cinematic here. He's in a car accident in the center of Shibuya, which is one of the most popular districts in Tokyo. Um, all of a sudden, the spirits start coming out of the bodies of the people around you in a car accident. There's this cataclysmic event that's going on. Suddenly you realize that there's a voice in your head. You don't know what the heck is going on. It turns out that it's this dead man named KK who is a practitioner of supernatural wizardry mm. or magic.
1: Also a guitar player, masquerades as a dog at various islands. <laughs> yes. Um, and they called him Slider.
0: Yeah. So you can't really figure out what's going on, and then this mysterious masked person named Hanya appears on the screens in Shibuya. He basically announces some weird decree about taking people's souls and blah, blah, blah. As it turns out, He has Akito's sister Mari, and Akito's mission really is to save Mari, but he realizes that he can't do it without the help of KK and KK's special powers, but KK also needs him, because he needs his body to use as a conduit for his powers to stop Hana and his nefarious plans, and thus sets the whole plot into motion. Matt, the best analog I can compare this to is a game called The Darkness, Which was another game where you had someone else in your head. And the game is narrated from the perspective of Mm -hmm. you talking to this invader inside your mind.
1: And that's exactly
0: how this game plays out. You have two... I
1: I definitely know what you're talking about there. But I feel like the more modern comparison would probably be Venom. Yeah. The Venom movie. Yeah. Probably not as comedic.
0: Yeah. Well, (laughs) my point is you're right, though. The tone of this is exactly like the darkness. It's very... Mm -hmm. Tongue in cheek, they're cracking jokes on each other. They're busting each other's cajones throughout the entire game, making fun of each other. Um, it's not. It, I know it looks like a horror game, but it's really not.
1: Um, I, I mean, don't know it has how, horror elements, but it. But I mean, it's not. A, I mean, sort of like Resident Evil Four. Like that, that's not a horror game, really. But it's Resident Evil Four game. is
0: scarier than this. I'll say that.
1: I would not describe Resident Evil Four as scary, but.
0: But I mean, I'm telling you, it's scarier than this, for sure. Um, Like I said, there's a lot of comedy in this. There's a lot of comedic writing. They keep it light. Um, There's not like a lot of jump scares and things like that, like cheap tactics to scare you. And another parallel where it is a lot like the darkness is that it's a first-person shooter-ish. You play from the first person and you're shooting stuff, but it doesn't play like your typical first-person shooter. In this game, you have magic. There's three different disciplines. There's wind magic, there's water magic, and there's fire magic. The wind magic is like your machine gun or your fully automatic rifle. The, the water magic is like a shotgun, more powerful but more localized blast. And then the fire magic is like your rocket launcher or your grenade launcher. It's the most powerful magic, but you very you don't get very many charges for that. All the magic can be charged up, so if you hold the button down and then release it, it will do more damage than if you just fire it very quickly. There are skill trees in the game. There are three different trees. There's one for your magic. There's one for your weapons. Like, you eventually you get a bow. Um, and the bow, honestly, ends up ultimately breaking the game. But there's three trees. But I would... I stop at calling this an action RPG, honestly. Because the the things that you level up, they're not, like, game-changing new abilities that you get. Generally, it's like, okay, now your fire spell can throw two fireballs instead of one. It just kind of boosts the abilities of the stuff that you have. It doesn't really give you new abilities, per se. Or it will change things like how much health you get when you kill an enemy, or how much ammo you get back when you kill an enemy. Um, so it is right on the fringe of action RPG slash action adventure. So if you're someone who likes more action adventure stuff that maybe you want to dabble into action RPGs, this is probably a good game to check out. Um... So the main mission, obviously, is trying to rescue your sister while working with KK. Um, But there are side missions in the game. They're completely forgettable. Like, the first couple are okay. Like, one takes you to, like, a hoarder's house. And there's a spirit inside the house. And you kind of chase it all over the house until you finally corner it. And then you get taken to this other world where you kind of enter an arena battle to finish the mission. But a lot of the missions are really just like, hey, here's this little girl ghost. And she's lost her mommy. Go find her mommy ghost. Then you find the mommy ghost, they reunite, and they leave purgatory. Because that's a big part of the game. All the spirits that have raised out of the bodies are stuck in limbo. They can't go to heaven, they can't go to hell, they're just kind of floating around. And a big part of the game is finding those spirits and then capturing them in these little paper dolls. And then you take those paper dolls to a phone booth where it sucks the souls out of the idol and into the phone booth and then that gives you xp hmm. that you use to level up and increase your abilities and your skills um, atmt
1: charges a lot for that
0: Apparently. <laughs> yeah the the back when uh, luckily this was made after <laughs> cell phone companies stopped charging you by the minute for hmm. your cell phone bills um, like I said, there are three skill trees, but they're not really that large, and they don't change the fundamentals of the combat.
1: I like that the the early enemies here really seem like they're based on someone who had a had a really hard time on their commute.
0: Well, you say the enemies here; <coughs> these are the enemies that are
1: in the whole game. Hmm.
0: So the biggest problem with this game, as I said, it makes an amazing first impression. My first couple hours playing this game, I was like, "Hot damn, this game is awesome!" And then it never changes. You fight the same salary man. You fight the same schoolgirl without a head. There are probably six enemy types, and you fight them the entire game. There are some sub-bosses that pop up here and there, and there are a few boss fights. They don't get, like, different
1: abilities or elemental tricks. And some
0: of the stuff that is kind of cool is some of the mage... Oh, that is
1: a frame rate right there.
0: Yeah. Some of the mage enemies are almost like bullet hell shmups. Because they fire projectiles, but they're really slow. And so they come at you in this very, Mm. and so a lot of it is like navigating through the bullet hell to get in so that you can land your shots uh, because shots cancel each other out. So if someone shoots like, if an enemy shoots like a spell at you, you can cancel it out with your own spells, but that also cancels out your spell. So a lot of the combat is trying to find a clear lane to the enemy that you can get a shot in while going through sort of the bullet hell bullets that are coming towards you. so a big part of the game is rescuing the spirits from Purgatory and then going to the phone booth. And that looks the, real nice. Like you're,
1: It does make a good first impression.
0: Oh, yeah. Like the particle effects and everything in this are amazing. Like I said, the first couple hours, I was like, hot damn, this might be a goatee contender. And then it just never changes. It, it just gets the same. Like eventually, like some of the guys will start using their umbrellas to block. So some of, that, some of that evolves a little bit, the gameplay in that way. But otherwise, it's just the same thing over and over. And there is a little bit... Of Resident Evil 4 in this. Because the enemies don't really move fast. So you can see. Some of them will do like the little sidestep. Like it from Resident Evil 4. And it is in first person. It's not like over the shoulder like RE4. But there is some Resident Evil DNA in this. To be sure. Um, And so if people are fans of that franchise. That might appeal to them a little bit. Um, The world. Is extremely small. So it takes place in Shibuya. And the whole world is gated by fog and when you get to one of these shrines that you're seeing right now in the b-roll you basically purify the local area and it doesn't purify that much it may purify like one or two blocks and the biggest challenge in the game at least for me it was was trying to figure out how to get around the fog and find a new shrine and get to that new shrine so that you can purify it and open up more area for exploration otherwise you like the first couple hours of the game you're stuck in like a three block area of Shibuya and you end up going to like the same locations over and over again. Like there's a hospital that you visit like three different times for different quests. They really kind of keep you localized. And then after those first couple hours, it does start to crack open a little bit, but the world in this game in general is small. Like you end up learning the world Um, and there's lots of copy and paste. The stores replicated all over the place, all the houses replicated all over the place. The game does have a very samey look. To it throughout. Towards the end, there you go, kind of outside of Shibuya, and it does give the game a different tone, but it's not as visually interesting, obviously, as being in the city. Um, and I should also say, the game itself is not that long either. It only took me about twelve hours to finish the game.
1: Um, I mean, that's about Mikami length.
0: It is Evil Within. It's basically the same length as like the Evil Within. Mm-hmm. Um, but despite the world not being that big. Everything is repetitive. Like, you see the same signs over and over. You see the same houses just plop down over and over. You see the same stairways that you should be able to walk up, but you can't repeat it over and over again. So, again, watching this B-roll, you're going to watch this and be like, this game looks flippin' awesome. It's after the first couple hours that you start to realize that there's just not much else to the game, unfortunately. Um, The fog is infuriating. So... You can go up you on... you can the, pet the dog. Yes, you can. And you can feed the dog, and then the dog will dig and, like, dig up, like, health or money or whatever.
1: Uh, take that fable.
0: And give you a reward. I don't know if later on... Like, I, it never came to fruition where, like, I'm in a bus fight and, like, a bunch of dogs showed up to help me. I kept hoping that that was going to be the case, but it never yeah. happened for me anyway.
1: Hey, it's that dog.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, even Resident Evil 4 did that.
0: Yeah, yeah it did. Um... Let's see. So I was talking about the rooftops. So there's like um there's not really verticality in the game. There is, but it's this weird thing where there are these monsters that fly in the sky and you can grapple to them and they'll get you up on top of the roofs. But once you get up there, you still have to figure out a way to like get around the fog. And a lot of it is using that grapple to get up there, jumping around on a couple of rooftops and then dropping down. And there's you just no you
1: straight up cannot walk in the fog at all.
0: No will you last about five seconds before you die? Mm. So if you go into the fog, your health starts going down, and it happens really quickly, and you'll just die. Um, so you can't go in there at all. Like, I would go in every once in a while, like, just to get a spirit and, like, get it real quick and then run out of the fog before I died. But other than that, yeah, it just totally wipes out your health bar almost immediately. And a big part of it is of, the, of making progress through the world is finding the the flappy dudes up in the sky and then grappling to them and getting up above above the fog so you can then find the next shrine to purify and open up more of the map. Well, the trick is they make it very hard to find the one spot where you can get the clear shot at the flappy guy to actually grapple up to him. And it just becomes this annoying trial and error process of going everywhere, down every little walkway and every little alleyway, climbing up on anything you can climb up on trying to get a clear shot so you can get up to the rooftops. Now, late in the game, they do give you the the ability to grapple without the flappy dudes. And that's when the game does open up a little bit more. But it was crazy annoying. Anytime I got stuck in this game, it was because of the fog. On the flip side, some cool stuff happened. Also because I got stuck trying to figure out the fog. Like, I looked down the street, and there was this parade of ghosts coming down the street. I was like, what is that? And I was so frustrated was trying to figure out where to go next through the fog, that I was like, screw it. I'm just going to walk into this group. And it took me to this battle arena where I fought just dozens and dozens of enemies. And ultimately never really got anything for it. Like I got the, the money and I got like the ammo and stuff. Because the other part of this game is that a lot like the recent Doom games, part of the ebb and flow of combat is getting your ammo back from the enemies that you fight. Because ammo in this game is rare. It's hard to get it. You run out of it all the time for your three different magic attacks. Even the bow, arrows are very scarce. So you have to make... I like only use the bow when I had to use the bow. But part of the strategy, just like in the recent Doom games, is, okay, I know which enemies give me what kind of ammo type. And if I need the wind or whatever, I know this enemy will give me my wind ammo. I know this enemy will give me water ammo. I know you also do kind of the enemy prioritization that you do in Doom where you're like, you know what, I need to take out the magic caster first or the healer first who is healing all these other guys. So there's that kind of strategy to the combat, but it never gets as intense as Doom. They don't, they never throw that many enemies at you at a time unless you end up in one of those arena battles like I was just talking about. Um, What else? Oh, another strategy in combat is every enemy has a core inside them and as you chip down their health, eventually their core will be exposed. And once that happens, you can grapple onto the core in their chest and yank it out and get this very, very satisfying shower of ammo that comes out with them. And then there's strategy to it, too, because you can chip down like all the enemies at the same time. like Take a couple shots at each one until all their cores are exposed. And then you can, it will link all their cores. So if you have like mm. four enemies with their cores exposed, you can rip out all four at once. And that is supremely satisfying. And then there's a, a finisher that you have um, where you click both sticks. And when you do that, it sends out this shock wave that basically kills all the enemies around you. And then any future enemies for like 40 or 50 seconds, if you hit them once, it'll expose their core. So what you do is you send out the blast, you click both sticks, then you hit each enemy one time. And then you all those enemies you hit have their cores exposed, then you grapple their cores and you can get like 8, 9 enemies and pull their cores out all at once. Again, feels very very satisfying. And overall, the Fred first, this game is very satisfying. It is a lot of fun to play. The plot gets a little convoluted like eventually you go to KK's hideout, which is where this scene is right now, and you find out that he has had this crew of people that have been hunting down this bad guy for years and years and KK had died trying to fight him. In fact, all of them had died trying to fight him. A lot of the game is trying to figure out like what is happening for real and what is a spirit or who is a spirit versus like a real person and someone who's actually alive. It's um a little bit like Evil Within actually in that way. Cuz Evil Within was like that at certain points where you're like is this really happening or is this a dream or is this like some awful flashback to something that happened in the past. There's a little bit of uh, that flavor in this game as well. Um, the bow eventually becomes completely OP. Like It got to the point where my bow was so powerful that like I could snipe enemies before they even saw me. Um, and really, the game just kind of became a cakewalk at that point. There are a bunch of different difficulty settings. Um, as always, I played on the default normal difficulty setting, but there are some that make the game even easier, and it's already easy. It's not a difficult game at all. Again, the only time I really died was from the fog. Because sometimes you'll just fall and you'll land in the fog and you can't get out. Um, or sometimes you just experiment and you're like, oh, is this not fog? Oh, it is fog. And then you're, you're scrambling, trying to climb over like a chain link fence with barbed wire on the top that you can't get over. Stuff like that I died a lot. Um, but for the most part, it's pretty, you have to almost try to die in this game. Um, graphically, game looks pretty good. Um, this is a PS5 and a PC game. So I don't think it even runs on PS4 to the best of my knowledge. I don't I think, think it so. does. Um, it's not a PS5 game like Ratchet or Demon's Souls or something that was like built um, from the metal or written to the metal for it. But it does look good. It does have um, a lot of the visual trickery that we count on with PlayStation 5. It has ray tracing. If you look at the, sh- the, the reflections in the water and the puddles on the ground, it's pretty amazing, some of the stuff. But then... If you get up close to like, the character models or the dog, like there's no fur shading. The character models look a little crude, a little rough. Um, it's a good-looking game, but it's one of those games where the closer you get to stuff, the worse it looks. Which seems to be pretty common in this day and age with uh, where the this generation of consoles is at right now. Uh, but overall, it does look great, and it is, again, very satisfying. Here you can see the three different trees. So you have one for your magic, you have one for your equipment, and then you have just one for your general abilities. But none of them are all that big. You know, There's compared to most action RPGs, they're pretty small. They're about half the size, or or roughly, something like that. Um, What else? I think that's basically it. Hmm. The problem is that the game, it just repeats way too much. The enemies repeat, the environments repeat... The story, I mean, it's good enough to get you through the 10 or 12 hours it takes to finish the game, but it starts to lose its steam pretty quickly as well. Um, It's just everything just repeats over and over and over again. They do have their Lady Domesk, as you can see. Mm -hmm. She has big scissors, which honestly... Do you remember the original Resident Evil 4? One of the enemies in that game had a huge pair of scissors just like her. Yeah. So you can there's little nods to Mikami's prior work
1: yeah, in this game. And that's game. kind of a... Yeah, I mean, one of the reasons they didn't do that is because it was too similar to Clock Tower. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess nobody cares about Clock Tower anymore.
0: Or really cared about it back then, even. Not really.
1: <laughs> I will say Clock Tower 2 is one of the only games in the his- in history to ever make me jump. Oh, really? Yeah. Not, not really... Legitimately, it was. Uh, I was playing. we playing at a friend's house. Uh, it was a PS One game. Jesus, but uh, there's a there's a scene very early on where um, you run into like a security guard, and the security guard's like, she's like, I'm- "You gotta help me! I'm being chased!" Like, I- I- they say he's like, he's like, "Who's chasing you? Some kind of weirdo?" And before he can finish, weirdo like Scissor Man stabs him through the chest from off camera, like from off camera where clearly she could see him, like, <laughs> but. The sound effect is this really deep thunk, and my friend had this really good subwoofer that was turned way up, and it oh, shook the whole it. room. And all, everyone <laughs> in the room went, "Wow!" what the fuck? It was yeah. it was just one of those things where the bass goes through you, and you're not ready for it. Yeah, yeah. Like, so that was, it was a jump uh, scare. So well done, Clock Tower Two. Uh, you got me on that one.
0: Yeah, and there's a, there's some light stealth in the game as well, but. You don't have to use it for the most part. There's one part in the game, actually a couple parts in the game, where they take your powers away, KK's powers away, and all you have is your bow and your stealth stuff. Um, And that gives it a nice little twist. But, again, for the most part, it's after the first couple hours. There's really not that much new. The side quests are not engaging. They front load the side quests so that the good ones are like the first couple that you come across. And then, ultimately, they just end up being like, Hey, I need this thing, or I'm missing this person, can you find this thing, or you can find this person for me, and you do, and then they go off into the ether, and you collect their souls, and you head to the phone booth, and upload them, and level up, and rinse and repeat. Um, So again, really auspicious the first couple hours, and then it just kind of loses steam, and you just end up doing the same stuff over and over again. Um, I did go through this game pretty quickly um as far as like just starting it and playing through the whole thing because i was sick last week and i hate playing games when i'm sick i don't know why it's like the last thing i want to do i did catch up on a couple movies that i've been waiting to watch while i was sick but i do not enjoy playing games when i'm ill i don't know why it is Um, so i had the code for this and i just didn't feel like playing it so when i finally did feel better i did plow through this game in like day and a half or two days um, so take that for what it's worth. I'm used to doing that, though. It usually doesn't affect my opinion all that much. Um, but, yeah, I would say I'm a little disappointed in it ultimately, Matt. Do you have any questions about it?
1: Not really. Um, Chat, if you guys have I any questions it,
0: about it, I'll answer them I as well. I guess it
1: sounds like a wait for a sale kind of thing.
0: I would not buy this at full price. And, obviously, it's a PS5 game, so it's probably
1: selling for 70 Yeah, I think, I'm, I'm sure there's some digital deluxe yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, It's even more.
0: Yeah, so I would definitely not recommend this at 60 bucks. even. um, $40, probably. I think it's probably the sweet spot for it. I mean,
1: it. it'd probably be $40 around early May. Yeah. If it... It,
0: one thing I would say, too, is that there aren't a lot of games like this. Yeah. Like, I had to go back to the darkness from, like, when did the darkness come out? 13 years ago?
1: Um, First one, yeah. I think it's way back there. Yeah. So I had to go back. Second one was not as
0: good. It wasn't. Yeah. But I had to go back that far to find a true analog to this game, which is kind of good. You know, it's... Mm. If you have a lot of disposable income, and you place a high priority on playing stuff that does feel new and fresh, the first few hours of this, for someone who has a lot of money, probably worth the money that you're gonna spend on it. But... If you're someone who's frugal, and you're, I mean, let's be honest, this month has been insane,
1: man. Yeah, there's other stuff to play.
0: I mean, that's really tough that this game came out in this window. Because I might be a little more apt to recommend it if it came out in the middle of June or mm-hmm. something like that. Obviously, this needed to come out, or at least it, at a certain point, it needed to come out this fiscal quarter. I don't know if it matters now mm-hmm. that Bethesda owns Microsoft. And this is a PlayStation exclusive from a <laughs> Bethesda... Game that Microsoft owns I think this is the last one of those though
1: Yeah I think so I mean, yeah. the, the contract got to be fulfilled I'm sure this will pop up on Game Pass in a year Eventually
0: yeah Once the You're probably right it probably has like a year exclusivity Or something like that and then it'll be a Game Pass game Or whatever and maybe that's the smart play Is to just wait for when you can play it Basically for free on Game Pass mm-hmm. um, But the tone of the game Is unique Again the the per, the character inside your Head motif is something that doesn't happen That much in games anymore or really, ever for that matter, um, and it does do yeah, a good I mean, job Johnny silverhand yeah that's oh that's right there's another one, but it does do a pretty good job of rec- recreating Shibuya. Um, I definitely felt like I was there, and I have been there countless mm. times, um, so I feel like I have a pretty good read on whether they did a good job at that stuff or not, and I do feel like they did a good job of it, but it's it's minuscule compared to the real Shibuya one, um, and it only has like a token couple areas um. That people will recognize. Obviously, the one is the big intersection that everyone sees on the interwebs, where billions of people cross every time the lights change. That's here. Although all the stores and buildings have been changed, so they don't have to pay the licensing for them or whatever. Uh, but the names are similar enough that you know what they're what they're supposed to be anyway. But and look, I would say I enjoyed my most of my time playing this. It wasn't like it was a chore. The fog stuff is annoying, and that definitely got on my nerves. And there aren't enough. That's one thing I will say Elden Ring did pretty well, is if you get frustrated, there's something else to do. In this game, there's really not. There's all these side missions that'll pop up, but when you start doing them, they're not that interesting. Um, and so if you get to the point like I did, where you're frustrated with trying to figure out your way around the fog or how to get through the buildings and stuff like that, there's not a lot of ways to kind of just pass your time while you wait for that, uh, for that epiphany that you need to figure out how to get through that stuff. Um, let me take a look at... Um, Chat here and see if people have questions. Um, Kevin Rafa, is the game hard? No, I already kind of answered that for you. I don't find it hard at all. Um, there are hard, harder difficulty settings that you can maybe jack it up to get more of a challenge, but I really had very little challenge in this game. In fact, the game got easier as it went as I leveled up my magic abilities and especially as I leveled up the bow because. The range on the magic isn't very far, even after you've leveled it all the way up, but the range on the bow just gets absurd. Like to where like they can't even see you and you're killing them and sniping them from like two blocks away or whatever. So no, the game is not difficult at all. Um let's see, what other questions you guys got here? Um, Kevin Rafa, can you explore the city after completing the game? I honestly don't know. I did not go back and check. Sorry. I should have done that, you're right. Um, Scorpio is fine, it says Evil Within is 18 to 20 hours Just finished both Okay, well then this game is shorter than Evil Within I thought I finished Evil Within in like 14 hours though
1: Yeah, I mean I don't think I finished the first one I finished the first one I did not finish the sequel I thought both of them were, felt too long Even for what they were
0: Yeah, Congrim 1 How are the sound effects and soundtrack? The They're great The audio in this game is really good um, The voice acting, okay Not exceptional Uh, but the sound effects and the sounds of the enemies, um, I have really, I just got a new receiver and I have really good, like, surround, like, satellite speakers that are behind me. And, uh, when I would be out in the open world in Shibuya, I could hear, like, the demons, like, off in the distance, like, wheezing or just, like, going through their animation routines or whatever. And it was unsettling, for sure. In fact, that might have been the scariest part of the game, now that I think Hmm. about it. The audio. Uh, so, yeah, I think the audio is really good. And, again, I just got a new receiver with Dolby Atmos and all this other crap, and it sounds amazing on it. So, yeah, it's really good. Uh let's see what else. Not sir. Do you think there's DLC in the pipeline? Hmm. They haven't talked about it. No. Which probably means no,
1: I would guess. It depends. Like, I guess it kind of depends what the contracts are for. I feel if there's no contract in place for DLC, then Bethesda's probably going to pull out of it.
0: Yeah, because why would it? It's like, yeah. wait, we're gonna do D L C for a PlayStation. Or maybe exclusive. it would come maybe it would
1: come along at the same time as the other versions. Yeah. The Xbox version or if something. That's
0: possible. You're right. DLC could maybe come out when it finally loses its exclusivity on yeah, PlayStation. Yeah, like you
1: could, I could see like the, the one that comes out in a year being like the on Xbox being like the you know, the definitive edition or the you know KK's cut or something right, like right. that. And like you get an update for that on Playstation and then it's like one unit on the That's Xbox. possible.
0: Yeah. Um, if he, if not, sir. Circ- if you're asking if there's like this obvious like cliffhanger or hook that just blatantly screams DLC, there's not. There's no like microtransaction stuff in it. I have not seen any like microtransactions. Selling you outfits game. or anything? No, hmm. I haven't seen anything like that. There are outfits that you unlock and you get as you play through the game.
1: That seems weird for a game that's first person, but okay. yeah,
0: and they don't seem to do much. They show up in the in the cutscenes, but. It doesn't give you like more powers or anything like that. They're not tied into your actual abilities in any ways. They're just cosmetics. And you're right, that's weird because you don't really see your character hardly at all unless you're in a cutscene. Congrim um, 1, does it seem like a possible cult hit? Hmm. That's a good one because there, generally cult hits, there's a certain level of weird that needs mm. to be imparted into the game. And I would argue that this game probably does have enough of that. Just like... The main bad guy right there. Hanya. Him and his crew of miscreants are weird. And the plot in the game doesn't make a lot of sense. And like, you're like, wait a minute, why does he care about my character's sister when I'm just some dude who got in a car accident in Shibuya? There's definitely some X factors in this game where I'm just like, what is even going on? Um, and, And that generally tends to feed into games becoming cult hits. Um but if the darkness didn't become a cult hit, and I don't think it did, then I think this probably won't either.
1: The best thing about the darkness is that you can watch uh, all of To Kill a Mockingbird.
0: Oh, that's right! I forgot about that.
1: Uh, 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 to Kill a Mockingbird is uh, there in its entirety. Uh, if you when you're sitting on the couch with your girlfriend at the beginning of the game, yeah, and there's a TV in like a subway station or something that's playing The Man with the Golden Arm, that wow. you go on, and the whole whole thing is in there.
0: Dang. What if, one thing I realized, too, Matt, after Black playing... Black and white movies
1: don't cost a lot. <laughs>
0: yeah. One thing I realized while after playing this, too, and then I watched a trailer, is that if you watch a trailer for this, you pretty much see the whole game in the mm. trailer. You see all the enemies. You see pretty much all the locations. You see all your abilities that you ever get. You even see some of the like late-game powered-up abilities that you get when you're almost finishing the game. You see... Most of the cinematics... It's not like an overly cinematic game. And they use a lot of them in the trailers. It really... There's not much left to the imagination... If you watch one of the later trailers for this game. Which is crazy. Because they're like 90 seconds long. But it just goes to show you... That there's just a lot of the stuff in it that's really repetitive. Um, Schneeky asks... Does it feel like you're in Japan? Or is it like another American game... Just with a Japan filter on it? No. You feel like you're in Japan. In fact... Um, by default... It
1: uses Japanese voiceover. You have to select the English voiceover. Yeah, that's funny. I, I've seen a couple places where people are like, this doesn't This feel doesn't feel Japanese enough to me, like watching this stuff. And people are like, it's made by Shinji Mikami in Japan, takes place in Japan, and is voiced in Japanese unless you change it, and is based on Japanese mythology and folklore. Yeah. I don't know how much more Japanese something can be. It's
0: literally like a billion percent Japanese. Yeah. But it's not like the bad Japanese. We're gonna get to a game that's the bad Japanese oh, oh, yeah. here in just a minute, actually. <laughs> this is the good Japanese. Like oh, they...
1: so, so this game you're not trying to kill chaos. Yeah,
0: and it's not <laughs> We'll get to that in just about five minutes. Oh. So this is this is very <laughs> Japanese, but it's the good Japanese. It's the kind of Japanese mm. game that that's that's handled well instead of not well. Um Surf Spider, thank you for Twitch Prime, that's awesome. Ashes in the hourglasses, KK slider in the game. Not that I discovered.
1: <laughs> They're missing an opportunity there.
0: Yep. Uh, Don La- Don Lionheart, thank you for Twitch Prime as well. Um,
1: yes, yeah, I, so I feel like a giant cartoon dog playing a guitar on random street corners would not be out of place in this game.
0: <laughs> well, there are so there there are stores that you go to, and one thing I will say too is that like I finished the game, I had so much money because there's not really anything to spend it on. Like you can go to these little stores that are. Run by cats with two tails. Again, I believe something yeah. from Jap- Japanese uh, yeah, Everything there. Yeah. The, the,
1: guy, the wing guys you'd grapple to are Tengu, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they're called Tengu in the yeah. game too. Yeah.
0: Um, so yeah, I mean, if somebody's been to Japan a lot and spent a lot of time in Japan, I think it handles it really well. Um, so that's certainly another positive for the game. But Shiniki says, what's bad, Japan? Oh, you're about to find out <laughs> <laughs> with our very next topic. Uh, On today's game phase. Uh, But it looks like that's all the questions we have in chat. I guess overall I would say I am a little disappointed in the game. Um, I would probably call myself a Mikami fan. Um, I look forward to all of his games. Some of his games have been, I believe, some of the best games ever made for the time that they were released. He always seems to be pushing the envelope in some way. But one thing I would say is that I can tell that he did not have much of a hand in making this game, and it was his underlings who were working on it. Um, It does not have that requisite pleasant surprise level that a lot of his games have. There are some Easter eggs in here, too, for Resident Evil that if you dig around, you can find. Uh, So there are nods to his previous work, but I would just say not enough. So uh, there you go. That's Ghostwire Tokyo, only available for PC and PlayStation 5. But as Matt said, I do expect it to come to Xbox eventually. Uh, Maybe even Switch as a cloud game. And I
1: do think it'll be pretty cheap. Yeah. Soon.
0: Yeah, I would not buy this at full price at all unless you're just, you're rich, basically, and you're just, you have tons of disposable income um, and you're looking for something different, then I would recommend it because games like this don't come around very often. And Matt, that's actually what I want to end on. How the hell did this game get greenlit?
1: Um,
0: Bethesda is insane
1: to greenlight this game. Yeah, I mean, you just like, in the sense that you know it's not going to be a hit? Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I mean, having Mikami, i mean giving Mikami another shot after the two evil withins i guess i don't know i, I don't know why you'd think this was going to be a breakout i don't either of, i but mean there's everything bethesda publishes outside of the stuff that you know bethesda Soft, softworks itself does mm-hmm. or game studios does underperform every know, single time it doesn't matter it. whether it's good or bad or anything it's just none of it none, none of, of it it catches. really
0: catches yeah i mean deathloop Game of the Year nominee for last year didn't sell worth. Didn't a squat. sell too well. Dishonored's um, never sold very well. Saturday never sold too Prey well. Prey didn't Pre- sell very Preo well. Prey was
1: great, but didn't sell. Like, you know, you just can't get a break yeah. over there. Um, you know, it's like it's it's like no one the mass audience doesn't seem to differentiate between those games and like wet. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's a good that's a good analogy actually. Uh, so I don't know Which what they Bethesda was post. thinking. I mean, greenlighting not game, knowing what
1: Bethesda's thinking when it comes to publishing their second party stuff is not uncommon. Yeah. Um, except for Doom. I mean, obviously Doom. Even Doom Eternal didn't sell what they thought it was going to No. Man, that was a great game. And that also got Game of the Year nods and, and recognition. Yep. But, that doesn't translate into dollars. It doesn't. It doesn't. Because no in, one cares. I don't think
0: it's going to happen with Ghostwire Tokyo either.
1: I wouldn't think so. And I would um, imagine
0: he had probably hoped that this would turn into an IP and it would be Ghostwire Los Angeles, Ghostwire New York City, Ghostwire London, or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I don't see that happening.
1: Unfortunately. Yeah, because he so like Macammy hasn't directed anything since what the first Evil Within.
0: Like uh, directed, yeah, yeah, where he was like elbows deep. In yeah, like game. he runs
1: Tango, but he didn't direct this. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It was mostly his underlings who worked on the game.
1: So yeah, well, he did say he wanted like to give younger developers a chance, and, and he did. So. And
0: honestly, they did a pretty good job on the game. Like it, as far as like its quality, no bugs, no issues Mm -hmm. no crashes any of that it's
1: really it it really would have been better for it if it could have come out in like june july Mm -hmm. because i looked at the schedule there's nothing coming this summer yeah it is pretty after early may it's just like it's just a desert this year i hope they do
0: we complained last year because they strung e3 out for like eight weeks this year i hope they do do that because we're gonna need it we're definitely gonna need it to get through the summertime uh but anyway there you go that's ghostwire tokyo um for ps5 and pc Probably coming to Xbox and Game Pass eventually. All right, let's move on. <laughs> now we're going to talk about a bad Japanese game. But, oddly enough, both of these games are about the same on Metacritic. Yep. I think Ghostwire is at like a 7.5.
1: Yeah, and this is around 72. It's within...
0: like a 71, 72. Uh...
1: <laughs> I, I, I missed my bet on this one on the, on the, the um, game draft. What bet was it? I drafted this like fifth or something. Yeah, but what was uh, the bet? I, I just remember. bet that it was going to be get high ratings because people are stupid about Final Fantasy. You know, if Final Fantasy VII remake gets high ratings, like why wouldn't this? Because it's just as <laughs> shitty. Like, well, I would argue, Matt, having now played a lot of
0: Final Fantasy Origins, that it probably did get a little Final Fantasy bump. Yeah, because I think that seven point two might be a little generous. To be honest, I mean, it,
1: I so I didn't play the the full version of this because I refused to spend money on it, uh, and so I played the demo, which was enough. Which
0: started? Um, did it start from the beginning of the game? Yeah,
1: because you can continue your save into the full game, so it it starts from the from the start. Um, some of it, some <laughs> is, some of it's a, a repetition of the old demo, but it's a lot of it's the, you know it's the new version of things. They've refined some stuff. They changed the characters' looks to some degree. Um, you still go through the same terrible tutorial, which is just like all right, like. Um, but I played like, you know, what, what you could play of the demo. And, uh, that was, that's, that's plenty.
0: Where did it cut off at the
1: boss fight? Boss fight in the first, basically the first mission. Or maybe, maybe I think you might, I might be able to go back to the, the, the town, like the, the town area where the King is mm-hmm. and talk to the princess, uh, what's her name? Yeah. Uh, but I didn't do that cause I just wanted to stop. <laughs> you just lost interest. Don't I, blame I was, I mean, I have to admit like there's a bunch of stuff in this that looks nice. Like I enjoy this shot of like, you know, Garland, you know. Beating the shit out of everybody. Um, but when you run into her for the first time, what's her name? Princess Mia? or Yeah, Sarah, I can't remember. You, you see her for the first time, and she gets up and runs to you. Like, it's embarrassing. Like, no one even attempted to animate her dress. No. Like, it's awful. <laughs> yeah. And it stands out because the rest of the game looks pretty good most of the time. Yeah. But, like, that was just like, what are you doing? Like, she looks like she came from another game. It's so weird. So this,
0: as, as I said many times before, when I capture footage for games, I turn off the music, um, so that you, it's easier to edit with the footage for the future. If you have the music turned off, you can use sound ups from the game, and uh, the music won't clash with whatever background music that you have that you're in the edit that you're working on. And turning off the music in this game exposed it as just hilariously bad. <laughs> Because you don't have the music to drown out, like the mm-hmm. to fill in the dead spaces between when they talk, and so right. there's just these awful long awkward pauses that are filled with grunts.
1: Right. Well, the the thing about, this, I mean, a lot of Japanese RPGs, but especially Final Fantasy and Square stuff, is the one of the reasons. And, and I think people who have replayed Final Fantasy five or six, the the new versions, that the remaster pixel versions, whatever that came out, have, have sort of rediscovered this maybe. Um, one of the one of the brilliant things about the old sixteen bit RPGs is the way they work, and the reason a lot of people have such fond memories of them, and PS one stuff because there wasn't that much voice acting then, um, is all you had to do was read the read the text in your own head, which you can make sound anything sound good when you read it in your own head, and the music told you how to feel. Yeah, that's all it was. Yeah, and then Square has never, Moved certainly away. in the Final Fantasy brand, Square has <laughs> never learned how to present stuff dramatically or even comedically, really. Uh, in a way that works outside of that, and so when you turn that music off, you are seeing, yeah, like without the music to tell you how the tone of the of the scene's supposed to go, it has no idea what it's doing. Yeah, um, it's because, awkward because totally this game and Final Fantasy VII remake and a bunch of the stuff they do, totally it can shift line to line like it's it's well, not it, even it's just crazy. like the writing. Look at what what's happening right here, Matt. You're on a spaceship. Yeah, you're on some kind of like super tech cyber platform fighting a fighting Tiamat dragon with a sword, and and you're using crystal. It's I don't know. I don't know what is happening in Final Fantasy anymore. Like, what's with the sci-fi shit?
0: I mean, this. I mean, I've hated that since like. It's just
1: all over the map. I mean, I think I think that's been a problem for Final Fantasy since ten. Like ten sort of had that weird sort of mix of it like, did. futurism, yeah. and I mean seven did it too, but seven felt like a world that the the world of seven felt pretty coherent yeah. to me. So did eight. Nine went more medieval fantasy. We, look, um, you go
0: from a spaceship fighting a six headed right. dragon to a field of grain. Field of grain
1: with Frank Sinatra, Frank Sinatra playing, it and you are like, what like, are you doing? Like, it is just everywhere. It's this it's
0: whole game is like totally this. From nonsensical from beginning to end. It, it no, the plot makes no sense. What the hell? These. So these are supposed to be the four warriors yeah. of light
1: or whatever. Like, like are, are they from another time? Are I they, don't know. Are they from our Earth and just got I, zapped? Because they don't seem like they know each other. They don't.
0: All of a sudden, they show up and they're like, hey, we all have the same yeah. rocks.
1: And then it's... Let's be bros. In the original... So this is a, it's a remake of Final Fantasy One, basically. Right. And in the original Final Fantasy One, you get sent out to do stuff to prove yourself before you get sent after Garland to, to rescue him and stuff. And, like... They skip all that yeah. in this. Like he's just, there. He's the There's he's, a quick cutaway. There's a nonsensical cut to them on a ship where he's like it's like I'm tired of doing all this monster hunting and it's like well maybe now we'll get to the, 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 like a, I don't know. And then they do. And they just yep. uh, oh, it's the so whole weird. Thing is,
0: the whole thing is just insane. It makes no sense whatsoever. And this dude in his big fluffy
1: coat, like, what is going on?
0: Yeah, I mean, I hate to have a spoiler from a game that's like 30 years old, but Garland was the bad guy in the game originally. Yeah. And now he's the guy you play as throughout almost the whole game. It's just, it's nuts. Like, Matt, I cannot believe. Look at 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 that run. What,
1: What is happening? I know.
0: I cannot believe Square Enix gave the go-ahead for this, Matt.
1: I mean, I can believe they gave the go-ahead for it in the sense that, like, the concept isn't a bad idea in terms of, like, doing a character action game that retells the story of Final Fantasy I. Like, okay, I can get behind that. Like, Final Fantasy VII Remake is essentially the same kind of idea with a more RPG-grounded combat system. But, like, that worked. That sold. I mean, I thought it was terrible, but it sold. Like, it was successful. So, like, why not? Um... But like what they've done here, it just like baffles me repeatedly. And then today there was a whole thing that came out where like apparently the character models are like way more polygon heavy than they should be, and that's why the game has such terrible performance on on uh, uh, PC. Um, Like someone, one of the devs that was looking at the data said that the bats in this have double the polygons of the cutscene model for Kiryu in Yakuza (laughs) Zero, like which is like like a a, like a like a (laughs) ridiculous like like why is that even imported into the engine kind of weird so
0: Matt right now there's a lot of people in chat trying to apologize for this game saying that this is all intentional or just saying that they enjoy the game because it's so bad
1: I mean if you come into my house and piss on the floor intentionally I'm still gonna be mad at you yeah. <laughs> yeah. and not want you to keep doing it yeah. which is about how I describe this game and like it's like the combat's not terrible it's certainly better than the original demo they put up like last year or whenever that was Yeah. Um.
0: the game's easier now than the demo was yeah too. definitely
1: Um. and they added an even easier difficulty mode which they constantly tell you exists it's not even on the selection screen it's yeah. easy and normal and hard I think and yeah. then there's a casual mode which it constantly says like, you can switch to casual mode if you want you want to switch to casual mode I haven't died yet dude I don't know why you keep yeah. throwing casual mode at <laughs> me Well, I,
0: I died in boss fights but that's the way the game is the rank and file enemy you just wipe the mat with them Like mm-hmm. it's so easy And then the boss fights are like Souls games boss fights Like that's when you actually have to actually use The combat system to actually win a fight
1: Yeah and there is Souls elements Like the, the potions Like the reef And the, the, yep. there's bonfires You get five basically. potions every
0: time you save There's bonfires
1: where yeah. and the like, enemies It's so weird like, I know this is just like me But like the fact that the characters keep posting, like, hey, look, there's more of those cube things over there. We should take a rest. I'm like, don't call out the weird gameplay mechanics. Yeah, yeah. Like, what do you... <laughs> Stop it. Like, like you're, you're just constantly noting how weird this is. Yeah. It is definitely a
0: cross between, like, Final Fantasy Camp and Neo. It's Which is, yeah. which is basically Team Ninja's take on Dark Souls, Neo.
1: Yeah. And but like...
0: it's actually harder than Dark Souls, which...
1: Yeah, Neo, Neo is definitely harder than Dark Souls yeah. for sure. This didn't wasn't that bad, um, but like I didn't find it particularly engaging. I do like the finishing. There's some there's some elements of it that I think are are interesting, but not particularly enthralling. Like the fact that you you know there's all the elemental stuff, and if you you know there's the obvious like oh throw water at a fire guy mm-hmm. and it does more damage, but you can overload them with their own elements sometimes, which is a neat idea, and that gives you a different result um so i like that the game's um, combat i give him i give him credit for having different like finishing animations for um like every every enemy, enemy. Like, yeah. like that's impressive uh-huh um
0: yeah, there's parts of it that you're like hey there's kind of a good game buried in here
1: yeah there's something there it's just and even and the pro- problem is that like even when i would kind of get into the combat which i don't is you know part of the problem here is that it's coming out around the same time as elden ring and I'm like. I could just go play Elden Ring right. and have way better combat than this. But it's something to be said for this. It, 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 they have improved it from that first demo like tremendously. So the combat so is there, pretty
0: deep, but, but you never have to. But use you never it need it to use it Except for the yeah. boss fights. Like, yeah,
1: which is like a weird thing because it really is a, a spike. At least in the early... This first one was a spike to me. No, this
0: that way the whole way through. Every boss fight is, like, way harder than anything that you had done for the yeah. previous, like, 30 minutes. And
1: it's not undoable, but it was just one of those things where it's like, oh, okay, I gotta pay attention now. Okay. Because yeah. like, I've mostly just been of breezing through it until then.
0: The combat is flashy. It catches your eye. Like you said, there's a different finisher for every single enemy type. And there are so many enemy types. Unlike Ghostwire Tokyo, there are lots of enemies in this. And they're so bizarre, like... You fight pirates, and then you fight, yeah. like, a crazy, like, mutated yeah, spider. I mean, we are
1: we are talking about the series where, at <laughs> one point, somebody suplexed a train. So, you know, there is precedent there. I just... Yeah. And there's just the usual sort of weird anime presentation thing where, like, everybody's doing the grunting and the and gasping. And the posturing and the, and the posing. And, and like, the, yeah, and the posing. Like, the one... The guy with the red hair, whose name is Jed, I think? Yeah. Like, he just keeps... He keeps doing the weird pose thing where it's just, like... He's like, like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, like, are you all doing a skit together? Like, what is... like? He's doing it again.
0: And he always does the thing with his chin where you take yeah, his I, thumb off the end of his chin. Yeah, which like- I'm like, I,
1: I don't think that's a universal <laughs> gesture, guys. Yeah, but
0: the crazy thing, there's like, there's actually tons of depth to this game and the combat there's like then it goes
1: back to one of the cutscenes and i'm embarrassed to be playing it all over again yeah that's 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 an issue like there's tutorials cool like that i mean i remember that design in the original final fantasy that's cool that they did that yeah i like that yeah
0: um and the combat is actually pretty deep like there's this system called the soul shield where on the playstation Mm -hmm. controller you hold like the circle button and there's a risk-reward to it because it creates a wider window to block the enemy, and then you can counter very quickly and do a lot of damage, but you also can basically break yourself Mm -hmm. and leave yourself completely helpless and open to attacks. But again, like, you never have to use it. Like, I didn't even even use it on any of the bosses.
1: Like, I mean you can kill them faster with it, you know cuz like especially if you get if it's a character that's doing the purple attack so you can like use their their ability against them right cuz you basically get a free use of their quick use of their ability if you if you do the shield block yep um, and you'd take way less break damage than you would have if you blocked it normally and there's some attacks that will just break your block anyway because they last so long and yep. the only way to do it is to shield block um, so that's an interesting dynamic, but like I just don't feel like the game explains like best case. It's terrible for at explaining it. itself. Like I, mean, I never could figure out when to use the soul shield.
0: I'm like, so I didn't. I hardly ever use it throughout the game, and I didn't need it. Even the bosses, like I hardly mm-hmm. used it, and I still managed to beat them. And you're right; it probably maybe took a little longer to beat them, but
1: yeah. And it, the other problem I have with that is like. You know, Elden Ring is is not great at explaining some things. You got to learn yeah. how some things work, and that the counted. But but like you know what, I learned that, and almost all that stuff I learned in Elden Ring, fighting normal enemies. Mm-hmm. I do not in this game. It's like the normal enemies you can just beat with like basic yeah. attacks. You use the same and you, and then you get to a, a boss, and if you haven't learned those systems, but the game doesn't try to teach you them by giving you enemies. Because at a certain point in Stormveil Castle in Elden Ring, I'm like. I'm not damaging these guys. Right. What am I supposed to do? And then I yeah. learned how to do the counter and that the counter would stun them. And then I could do the critical. And I'm like, okay, that's how it that works. I mm-hmm. get that. But there's but, And that was just on normal enemies. There's and no like, there's nothing like, like that, that, that in this. It's, yeah. it's uh, You just breeze through stuff until you get to a boss. And you're like, well, I hope I have the tools I need. Yep. And generally you do. But like, you, haven't been, you know, haven't been forced to learn how all that stuff works on, on kind of a nitty-gritty level. So it's not second nature unless you've decided that like, oh, I'm gonna learn how this works just in case or like maybe a boss, I guess, teaches you you need to do that. But then like you're sort of like you're sort of busy working your way through the regular enemies then because you don't need to do that to beat them, but you kinda wanna do that so you get more practice. So when you're fighting a boss, you kinda know how that works. But then you gotta learn the boss's timing. I mean it, it's I don't know why that's less interesting than what like Souls games do, but mm-hmm. it is less interesting. And it's so Ooh, it doesn't
0: build your skills. To, no, for the tougher battles that you're and it's have so to take it's much,
1: it's faster. And like you can interrupt yourself, you can cancel into blocks easier in this. Obviously, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a little more Devil May Cry ish. But then you get to a point where I'm like, why am I just not playing Devil May Cry? Right. <laughs> like it's like yeah. there's better versions of both the Souls elements in this game. You could play a Dark Souls game, and in the more character action elements, you could play uh Devil May Cry or Bayonetta. Yeah. That are a bit way better than this. So yeah. I don't like it feels like it's just sort of taking these two two subgenres and mashing them together and getting something worse than both of them.
0: Yeah. And the weird part is like so as you play you have two guys who fight alongside you. Mm. But you're supposed to be the four
1: heroes of light. Yeah, and they bring they bring that up. They're like, Your crystals are the wrong color. Yeah. And like and like, there's supposed to be four of you, so yeah, we're kind they, of reluctant to do this. But you can never
0: fight with all four of them right. at once. You have to choose to leave one of them out of the party, right. and one of them is a magic caster, and that seemed to be the one that I always left out for whatever reason. Maybe I I'll ended play. up
1: playing a mage more than the other oh, classes. Really? For me. I, I just found the, the elemental stuff more interesting. Than that is one cool thing sword. about
0: this game, is, and it's kind of important, is that you can basically have two different classes or jobs like mm. lined up at once. And you can swap between them at will. And that's kind of cool. Um, one thing that I did notice though is I, so I recorded I don't know probably the first two or three hours of this game, and then I usually take that footage and chop it down into like twenty minutes of B-roll of the best stuff. And when going through Although all, it's so dark. It is going through all that footage. You spend so much time in menus, yeah, because a the lot of menus. gear in this you, endless gear, endless, and you're not only outfitting your character, you're outfitting all the other party members. And you're just mm. constantly getting something that's either the same or just one level higher. And
1: they're not good menus. No, and they're, they're, real they're hard to intuitive. navigate.
0: And either you're doing that or you're constantly leveling up your jobs. Like mm-hmm. it's, you spend a lot of time in the menus.
1: The in other this thing, game. this is a minor thing ui thing but like it will it will pop up the little things like you have job points to spend and you go into the job points menu and there's nothing you can afford with like one job point but it will not yeah. stop telling you you have another job point well
0: it took me a while to figure out that like eventually there's like six different disciplines or whatever yeah. and sometimes you'll have job points in just one of those disciplines mm-hmm. and you because you'll go to like the one that you're using you're like i don't have any job points then you start using like R1 or R2 to cycle through, and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, the Ronin or whatever has like three points that I can use or whatever. Um, and there's a lot of flexibility in how you play this game, and I think that's the highlight. I think the combat in general is the highlight of this game. I think it's it strikes a pretty good balance for people who are Final Fantasy fans who don't want to play games like Dark Souls or Elden Ring. It's not as hard as those games. You can make progress. Now, you're probably going to hit a wall. It has difficulty modes, yeah, for one thing. Yeah, right. And you're probably going to hit a wall whenever you go to fight a boss here or there. But for the most part, you're going to be able to make it through the levels without too much of a pushback. And I think that's that's the right call for the Final Fantasy audience in general, I would argue. Um, but it is weird that this is all about, you know, the four warriors of light. You only play with three of them at a time. Like, get one more in there, bro! Like, it just... Do what you got to do to make it work. Like, take yeah, some polygons out wouldn't... of that stupid spider that you were talking yeah. about, <laughs> and yeah, put it why towards another character.
1: Go ahead and have them fight with. Fo- Even if it's something you do later on, maybe they do. I don't know. I'll yeah. never know, unless someone talks about it on on a. Please and talks about it on a stream. Um, but the stances,
0: like that, you can choose between two at a time. Like they make a big difference depending on the enemies that you're fighting. You talked about kind of the elemental stuff a little earlier. That makes a big difference. Um, when yeah. you you're die, basically, you're
1: not, it's the usual like, knock their stamina bar down until they get stunned and, you yep, know.
0: and finish them off. Um, and then when you do die, which, which
1: at least Jens tends to be a little more intuitive than it was in Final Fantasy. True. Yep. Remake.
0: That's true. Um, when you do die, for the most part, like before boss fights, there's always a save point. So you don't mm-hmm. have to run back too far to fight Look, a boss. Look, more of those
1: cube things. We should rest. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs>
0: But there are some times where like, there's a lot of distance in between the two save points. And I have died. Mm-hmm. And you have to go all the way back. But any physical alterations you've made to the level the first time through stay. Yeah. So,
1: Although enemies will respawn. They do. The enemies Dark respawn, Souls-style. but I
0: just run past them. Now, yeah, now
1: you really are a Dark Souls player. Seriously,
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, and I've also discovered that in Elden Ring. Oh, Sometimes yeah. just running past just everything. Just go past them. St-
1: st- <laughs> There's a point at which it's just not worth your time. It's
0: not. It's not worth the stress. It's not worth dying and like having to go back and get your stuff. That's one
1: of the reason the farm, po- the farm sections are a big thing with those because those are more worth your time to farm up and get a few levels as opposed to just fighting these individual enemies for like however yeah. long. It's going to take less time to just farm yeah. for a bit.
0: Yeah, And you have a bit more control over it, too. You're more likely to succeed at it.
1: Yeah. This though, like you get job levels like candy in this game, like it just yep. constantly happens. Oh,
0: I mean, just watching the b-roll, you'll see it just over and over again. Job level up, job level up, job level up. Yeah. And
1: again, it, that's why you're always in the menus in this game. Yeah. and it, it it's kind of counterintuitive, counterproductive because there's a point at which it just pro- progress by necessity is so incremental because of that, and especially with the loot, yeah. It just feels like, am I? Is it matter? I Should I even be doing this? I Does know. it matter that I got plus two more because I got a great sword plus six instead yeah. of four? Like, yeah, you know, and and I don't know. Like I don't know. I'm, I'm never gonna. I didn't play it long enough to to really discover that. And I don't because I don't care.
0: Yeah, technically and artistically, it's pretty much a disaster. Uh, the cutscenes are horribly edited. The camera angles that you choose for the cutscenes are weird. The cuts are weird. Um, once I did turn the music back on, the audio cuts out. Just cuts mm. off. Like, there's no fades. Like. It's just a mess. Like artistically and graphically and yeah. audio wise.
1: The main guy is completely uh, Jack is horrible. Like just like like there's a way to do a gruff, like no nonsense sort of like like I like all business protagonist and make him like at least like interesting and it just doesn't happen here. Like, yeah. like I don't care why he's so mad all the time. I don't either. Like, and no one else seems to really notice. <laughs> no, it's very they're just weird.
0: like just, it's Like everybody's
1: having their own story every their own (laughs) conversation and not ignoring him like like why in the world is that princess so enamored of him when he's a complete ass to her the whole time
0: yep and there's like no consistent anything to this game it's like we said you start the game you're on a spaceship fighting a six-headed dragon next thing you know you're in some king's court right in like a traditional fantasy setting
1: and now you're in an evil temple
0: Right then you're walking through sword. like a village full of
1: peasants like
0: this the whole thing makes no sense. But, he, but he's wearing sense.
1: like he's wearing like J Crew yeah you know? and you're like what? And he
0: wears headphones like yeah, where did is... the headphones come from like what did
1: came from Scalebound that was,
0: that was... <laughs> he, it's just crazy. He bought them from
1: the Scalebound guy after he got fired.
0: And I guess really at the end of it all I'm just wondering who is this game for Matt.
1: Uh because know.
0: Final Fantasy fans I don't believe are going to like this game at all. It the storytelling's terrible. The story is I think they're going to I mean I've
1: already seen like the Final Fantasy fans are have convinced themselves they like this well, game. Oh, they like it mostly, I think. Wow. Uh, but I think you're going to eventually see like it's going to have that thing where like you know, 6 months from now suddenly everybody can finally talk about its flaws. Without getting dogpiled by things, good
0: lord! I mean, they're so it, obvious. Not as
1: bad as Elden <laughs> Ring. I mean, you know, it's you're 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 at the. I mean, what uh, Stephanie Sterling has made at least two videos already about how toxic it can be, pointing out a flaw in Elden Ring. Right. Yeah. Um, like literal death threats for yeah. like noting that like this isn't perfect. <laughs> so silly. Um, but so it's not that bad. But I do think you know people are so starved for modern Final Fantasy com- uh, content that it, I think they're just gonna like. Convince themselves they like it. Well, what I'm going
0: to tell you is if you're one of those people who loves Final Fantasy, if you support stuff like this, you're going to keep getting more of it. And I I don't care how much you've deluded yourself into believing it. This game is a piece of crap.
1: I mean, I'd I'd say the same thing about Final Fantasy Remake, but what do I know? I mean, I didn't enjoy Uh, Remake all that much. No, to be fair, uh, you're not going to get any more of that anytime soon, apparently. Yeah, doesn't look Uh, like it. I feel bad for the Final Fantasy people who liked Final <laughs> Fantasy remake. Like you're going to I don't know if we're going to get that part 2 of this generation. Final Fantasy 16. I hope we do, hopefully
0: not too far away.
1: I think that's really far away. I think it's next year if we're lucky. Yeah. Um we might see it this year. I think we're going to see it this year, probably at E3 E3 time. Yeah. But like yeah, I don't I don't think so. Like it's a bad time to be a Final Fantasy fan, I think. Um even if you liked Final Fantasy Remake, I just feel like they're gonna they're gonna blue ball you for all your <laughs> work. And if you think Final Fantasy Remake Part Two is the is the end, no, I, there's gotta there's gotta be at least four of those. Yeah, you're gonna be you're gonna be buying those till 2033.
0: This game is so random. It's like um, I don't know if when you were kids you guys called it the same thing, but when I was a kid, we would go into Seven Eleven and we would like get a big gulp and we'd mm. mix every flavor that they oh, yeah. had into one flavor, and we'd call it a suicide.
1: Yeah, that's what we called it, too.
0: And sometimes you get it right, and you'd be like, damn, yeah. this tastes oh, really good. Oh, that worked. Yeah. yeah.
1: And sometimes you just put too much Dr. Pepper in And you end up
0: pouring <laughs> it. You end up <laughs> dumping <laughs> it right <laughs> yeah. into the trash. Yeah. And this like, game, to me, is like the suicide that tastes like crap.
1: Yeah, it was the one where it's like, oh, you put too much Sprite in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Because that with the cola doesn't, doesn't uh, it really work.
0: And that's what this game reminds me of it's a suicide that i went into Seven Eleven and made on a hot summer's day
1: which is <laughs> <just> like nope
0: <laughs> and i walked out took one sip of it and just dumped it yeah. into the trash like can. i was res-
1: like you respect the idea <laughs> yeah. you respect what was trying to happen <laughs> yeah. but it didn't happen
0: it just didn't yeah i would not recommend i can't think of anyone i would recommend this game to because no. if you're a souls fan it's too easy one yeah is there's not enough challenge throughout the consistency of the game, and there's Elden
1: Ring. There's yeah. no way and I would if, ever recommend this. Over and If you're Elden a character Ring. action fan, there are better character action. Yeah, games. like mean, the only the only reason is like you've played those other character action games, the better ones to death. Yeah, you have nothing else. To I play mean, I would over. recommend Ghostwire Tokyo over this. Yeah, I enjoyed it way more. I mean, what I would say, I mean, I think it's limited time, so I do it fast. But I would say like download the demo. Play yeah. The demo if you like the demo the save continues on to the full game so if you really like it you can just buy it and play it that way
0: and you bring up a good point too because the demo is very
1: representative yeah of the actual game it felt that way
0: it is like it because in that demo you see all the insanity
1: yeah it does definitely tip its hand on all you see all levels. of it you yeah. see the
0: terrible writing the weird voice acting the grunts the jumping of tone The jumping of settings that doesn't make any sense. You get all of it in that. Like, how is this in the
1: same world as the weird cyber platform? I know. What I'm saying.
0: I don't get it. Like,
1: why is everyone running around with swords when like you have lasers?
0: (laughs) It's nuts. (laughs) There's a lot of people in the chat saying Final Fantasy VII remake is great.
1: (laughs) I mean that's that's that is an opinion. Yeah, you can have
0: one that I will not agree with, but that's an opinion. That's for sure. Uh, if you guys have any questions about this game, get them into the chat now. I'll answer um, anything that I can. I have not finished this game, and I don't think I ever will finish this game. But I've probably put I don't know twelve hours into it at this point, mm. something like that. Yeah,
1: maybe an hour. I've and made a
0: half. it. I've made it a good ways into the game, enough to know that I do not want to play anymore. <laughs> yeah, I'm
1: okay. Never, never touching this. This game.
0: was one of those games where I finished the B roll. It was finished rendering for the show, and I was like. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: miller time <laughs>
0: exactly that's when sometimes my job is is work i mean it's always work because i have to spend a lot of time doing it but sometimes even, no matter how much time i spend doing it it is work and playing this game to me was work uh let's see if we have any questions uh here's one kevin rafa is this
1: the worst final fantasy game oh no no um, I mean I think it's definitely Better than like Dirge of Cerberus Yeah um, is it better than
0: Crystal Chronicles
1: yeah yeah Um, It's better than uh, Hmm. It's better than 13 I hate 13 I only played 13
0: um, For like 5 hours I think
1: I've tried to play 13 like 4 times And the last time I tried to play it I played it On PC with cheat engine shit like just Like so I didn't have to think <laughs> about anything I still Fell asleep playing yeah. it I gave up um, although I like the second Final Fantasy 13 2 a lot. I've heard figure that. that one.
0: I didn't even try that I also had trouble it's a getting... more
1: traditional RPG and his time travel stuff in it I liked it
0: I also had trouble getting through Final Fantasy 10, but I did play a lot of that at least Yeah, I
1: played 10 is the first Final Fantasy game I did not finish yeah in the main series That's the first one I just I got to a point where I'm just like I think I was like two-thirds through it or something. I was just like, you know what? I don't care
0: Well, I had people anymore. who were who had were way ahead of me And that I was able to talk to about the game and the way that they were talking about it, I was like, this is going down the wormhole that I do not want it to go Mm. down. And I never
1: did finish that game either. Um, I mean, in terms of, I mean, you're getting into spinoff stuff. Like, I think it's better than, like, Crisis Core. Yeah. Or like that kind of, if you're talking about, like, because you really can't compare it to mainline stuff too much because it's so different.
0: I am really disappointed that this is gamers from Team Ninja. I'll just want to say that. Again, I mean, I don't think
1: Team Ninja is Team Ninja as we know it. I yeah, mean, I don't clear, think it like, is either. The people who made Ninja Gaiden are long gone. Yeah, I mean, this is this is people who are like probably interns when Ninja Gaiden was being made. probably right. Yeah, um, and it's not like it's terrible in terms of. Um, I mean, I don't think it was their choice to do the tone shift because it's the tone problems and the terrible writing and the terrible storytelling and the awful characters are and the weird, like. You know, aesthetics are very in line with what Square makes like for everything these days. So I don't, I don't think that was Team Ninja. I think they did their job as a, as a, as a combat designing team pretty well. Yeah, that part of it's great. Um,
0: but I just cannot, I can't believe still Square Enix signed off on a lot of this stuff. It's like it doesn't care anymore about its canon or its lore.
1: Yeah, well, I love that they'll do this, or maybe but it the, never did. They'll do this, but then they'll be like. We don't know if that Guardians of the Galaxy game really worked, right? It's just like, right. Really? Like it's, that's a good point. <laughs> it's bizarre. It's I very don't know what's weird. going on there, but something. Um, I mean, well, I don't know why they signed. I mean, I know fiscally why they signed off but why they signed off on Avengers being a, a game as a service, right? Um, and then they make this, and it's just like. <laughs>
0: This is not a game as a service. Not a game as a service. Like, so good on you
1: there. And there's not even microtransactions. Too bad the I game saw. just blows. But it's just like, what, are you, what is it? It's like what? How are those two people in the same universe? How come no one wants to know why he has buttons?
0: Yeah, yeah. And
1: Ooh. then, like, Jed comes up and he's wearing, like, Adidas. I, know. Or I don't. I don't get it.
0: <laughs> it's really weird. Um, Minority Game says, did you kill Chaos? That's the thing. So everybody there's like a meme about this game about how he's just like chaos chaos. i must kill chaos like and two hours into this game they're like nobody knows what chaos is or if it even exists
1: yeah (laughs) well why you want to kill it so bad he's like (laughs) it's not a dream or a goal it's a thirst and a hunger (laughs) and they're like you remember that okay (laughs) like (laughs) i just want to listen to my walkman bro
0: (laughs) it's so weird Oh, man. And it's the, it's the whole bizarre. thing where
1: it's like, oh, you got cut. And it's like, it's like nothing little spit won't come. And they, they keep yeah. coming back to the spit thing as a running gag. I'm like, oh, yeah. And the like, it's like, he's got medicine. And, and the girl's like, oh, can you share some with the soldiers? And she's he doesn't have any medicine, does he? He's like, oh. And I was like, what <laughs> is this?
0: <laughs>
1: it's this scene. That's the, this is the scene. <laughs> this is it, yeah. Um,
0: Vincent says, leading contender for a game we didn't get for the Game of the Year awards at the end of the year.
1: Game we didn't get, I feel, requires a lot of praise to be laughed. Yeah, because this is sitting at a seven. I feel like no one's going to remember this at the end of the. Uh, some year. of the people
0: in our chat are kind of on it. They're kind of liking it. I don't know. Maybe it, it's a contender. I'll put it to you that way. Um, it's swaddling. in the conversation,
1: but I feel like there's got to be something else that like becomes a, a darling and you know. Yeah, something, something for one, For up. once, uh, the, the From game probably wouldn't be for you. I mean, you yeah. you don't like it that much, but I think you get it more now.
0: Yep, it probably will not make the list for me this year. Um, Swanland, intentional camp or unintentional?
1: I think always unintentional. I think it's unintentional. I don't think they get it. There's no way
0: they're not smart enough to do this intentionally. They're just not.
1: No. And at some point, you'd think they'd realize that, like, this is one of the barriers to, like, mass sales in In the the West. West. Yeah. They never get it. So weird.
0: They never get it. Um,. Kevin Rafa better than Final Fantasy XV? No. I liked Final Fantasy XV a lot more, but that's a good question for you because you hated Final Fantasy XV.
1: <sighs> I mean, the combat in this is better. That's I'd agree for sure. with that. Um, Everything else to me is worse. But like, what I think what fifteen was after was more interesting. Um, you know, the, the road trip with a bunch of buddies kind of in the open world. I mean, the open world in that is weird, too, because it everything is. <laughs> it's like Route 66 in the 60s. But it's also a, again, mixing the modern day stuff with the fantasy stuff is very weird because none of that really. Ma- me- it not, it's not that it doesn't mesh, but it's like it's like um, it's like that terrible uh, Netflix movie Bright. Uh, where like orcs and fantasy stuff are in like modern day Los Angeles and Will Smith is a cop that. and all that stuff. <laughs> it's it's basically like a like a Shadowrun oh. movie, but except it's awful. But the problem is like the the divergence of history is like two thousand years ago there was a dark lord who like led the orcs in a rebellion and like so the orcs are discriminated against two thousand years later because and everyone talks about the dark lord. But like everything still happened in history the same way. Like every like Los Angeles is still called Los Angeles. So apparently Spanish conquistadors came across <laughs> of it and took over the whole thing and like you named the city Los Angeles. Or like you know there's still Crips, which means the, the gang, the Crips gang. But so that means so that means there was you know the transatlantic slave trade, which right. led to like you know, uh, oh uh, you know led gosh. to emancipation, but it was still like discrimination and and reconstruction and work. There was redlining in the housing districts in Los Angeles, which is how you ended up with these areas and neighborhoods yeah. where there was no economic advantage or in economic possibilities, which is why the, the Crips formed as like kind of a response to that sort of socioeconomic pressure. So apparently that still happened. Yeah. But there's orcs. <laughs> like you can't diverge that far and expect society and, and, and everything to look the same. Like you can't yeah. you're not going to still have stand by me, Frank Sinatra, and like convertibles at gas stations and also there's a dragon forty yards yeah, away. Yeah. Like that doesn't work. Yeah. It doesn't make any people sense people turn
0: their brains off for stuff that they think that they should like. I mean that's really what it comes down to, but I don't think any amount of turning your brain off is going to make you think that the plot and the characters and the writing and the cinematics in this are anything approaching good. No, I just there's, don't there's, think that they are.
1: There's just there's a standard here that is just not being met. Um, I I. <sighs>
0: Swallow said the game is the chaos. Yep. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <sighs> like, yeah. Like I I feel like I would probably rather. Have to play fifteen again. Yeah, I'd rather play fifteen this.
0: than play this. Absolutely, I played a lot more of fifteen than I played of this two hours. In, in, hours wise.
1: in part because I haven't played fifteen like the revamped version with all the DLC, which is right. apparently a little better and more coherent. Yep. Um, and also because like I appreciate what they're after more, and like. I do like the two, you know, the, the Dark Souls stuff and the character action stuff that this is drawing from, but I just don't think it matches up to that. Whereas Final Fantasy XV doesn't really have an analog, you know? No. There, there aren't really a lot There's of... There's a reason. ...giant open world <laughs> weirdo JRPG yeah. buddy road trip. Like, like it's, at least it's different, <laughs> it right? It is, yeah. And at least you get to look at uh, Ignis's beautiful food.
0: Yes. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that I- Food was the, rendered in that the, game. The
1: best-looking food. The food is the best-looking thing in that game.
0: Yeah. Yep. So anyway, anyway, there you go. That Stranger of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origin. That's two thumbs down from Matt and
1: I. Yeah, I can't. Uh, Neither
0: one of us would recommend buying this game at full price. What would you pay for this game,
1: Matt? Someone would have to pay me. Really? For this game like. Yeah, twenty twenty five bucks. Like your Final Fantasy thing. Like, were fan. the day to come where it was like five dollars in a sale, maybe? Yeah, just to like be able to show people how stupid this is, and it keeps. I mean, I I, I think I said it when it first they first showed it, but it continually reminds me of. That, that 3D Castlevania game, not the good one, not the not the Mercury Steam ones. The one I think was uh, Castlevania 64. <laughs> no, the um, the PS2 one. I think Lament of Innocence. Oh I think, yeah, ones, where it was either Lament of Innocence or Curse of D- Darkness. I can't, there, I can't remember which one it was. Yeah. But there's a thing where he comes to the the, the Belmont character, main character, comes to the the gate of the castle, and Dracula is like taunting him, and he's just like, "I, you cannot defeat me. I am beloved by the night." And and the Belmont guy goes. <laughs> I can't remember which Belmont it is. He goes, "I'll kill you and the night." Oh, no, that's right. I'm like what? Like what does that even mean? You can't kill a time of day. If you could, daylight yeah. savings wouldn't be a thing anymore. Yeah. Um, AJ's
0: asking, are the reviews too high or are they fair? I think they're too high. I think they're, they're too way high. too high. There's yeah. a Final Fancy button. It's a seven point two right now on Metacritic, and this, that to me is
1: too at, high. On, on the seven to nine scale, this is a six. If I ever saw yeah. one, uh, if I was actually working, if I was doing like an X play review, I would be at a two and really have to have a conversation with Adam about whether it should be a one.
0: <laughs> and he would like, be like, we're giving it a one. <laughs> yeah, He would probably give it a one. That's it pro-
1: probably not super fair. There would be a little spite yeah. to that. Yeah, yeah, but it's like, not worth a one. It's no, not a five-point Definitely game. not. A yeah, like, well, one that. is a broken game that doesn't work properly. But two, two out of five, I would definitely consider it. Three out of five if you're really forgiving of all the anime tropes.
0: Sneaky says, why are why are these reviews too high but Elden Ring's 10s aren't? We I think we both said that, that, I did, that they I were do, too high. I do
1: think Elden Ring is overrated. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to argue with it because it helps my fantasy team <laughs> yeah. a lot. Like, that is the best second pick in the history Ever. of the fantasy, yeah. fantasy yeah. game draft and will probably remain so for Forever. a very long time. Yeah. Um, but the fact that that game has, like, a 97 average is crazy. It is crazy.
0: We've said that already. Yeah. yeah I forget what we say. I don't know if you're watching other podcasts and, like, Thinking that what other podcasts are saying or what we're saying. Also,
1: note that that in the 1.03 update, they added on the map, it shows where all the NPCs NPCs are now. (laughs) So much for artistic integrity. (laughs) I guess I don't have to keep that journal anymore. Oh, it's almost like usability matters.
0: Oh, man. Hmm. Nolan Elrey says 97 is too low. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, okay, we got to move on. But uh, there you go. Those are our impressions of Final Fantasy Origin. Both of us say don't buy it. I'd say maybe 20 bucks if you're a hardcore Final Fantasy fan. Yeah,
1: if, I mean, hope it comes to Game Pass or something. Yep, and it probably will. Like, like everything else. Yeah. <laughs> it eventually comes. After, yeah, that might be you know, just sort of like Guardians. It's sort of like, oh, that didn't sell what you thought it was going to sell. How about we give you some money and you throw it on Game yeah, Pass? That might yeah. happen with this one. Yeah,
0: that's actually a good point. Okay, let's move on. We're going to talk next about Hogwarts Legacy. I will admit, Matt, a game that I thought, at a certain point, we may never see. Um, All the different stories that we had heard about development problems that they were having with the game and some of the lead developers were... I don't even know what the right verbiage is to use to describe them. Um, But let's just say less than ideal for a lot of fans who were looking forward to the game. Um, Obviously... Miss Rowling has had her issues with certain groups who wanted to really be excited about the game. Um, mm-hmm. We heard development problems from Avalanche in general about changing focus of the game throughout development. But now, yeah, it this appears, game is kind
1: of cursed at this point. It does
0: seem that way, but now it there, appears. There's, a, there's
1: another unforgivable curse, it turns out, and it's this game.
0: <laughs> yep. But now, Matt, it appears that the game is rounding into form. And not only that, it appears that it has sign some sort of a marketing deal with PlayStation where PlayStation is going mm-hmm. to feature the game as if it were kind of an exclusive, even though it's not. Yeah,
1: it's definitely doing like the lead platform thing here.
0: Yep. And there was a state of play over the last couple of days for the uh, game.
1: because Microsoft wouldn't touch it.
0: Maybe. For cultural reasons. Yeah, I think possibly.
1: Microsoft is probably more aware of the, uh, of the problems with rolling.
0: It could be. Um, I also
1: note that the uh, website for this game goes to great lengths to convince you that J.K. Rowling has nothing to do with this game outside of, you know, owning the license they had to pay the fee for. Interesting.
0: Um,
1: Very clear that she didn't write any of this and is not involved in any of it.
0: Okay. Um, Well, and then Sony dedicates basically an entire state of play to the game. Mm -hmm. 14 minutes of gameplay from Hogwarts Legacy. We had had very little from the game before this, like Uh, one.
1: There's a lower third no one's going to get under 40. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. I knew it when I wrote it too. <laughs> <laughs> I do wonder if how what
0: what percentage of people in the chat get the lower third for this topic. Mm-hmm. If you get it, just type a one. in Did that chat.
1: even air outside of the U.S.? I don't think so. Like, if you're in the U.K., are you going to get that?
0: Probably not. Well, you just gave them a hint as to what it is when you said aired.
1: Yeah. So they I down- narrowed it down. I narrowed it down to television shows. Yeah, you
0: did. <laughs> but. Forty three years old, Nolan Ellert gets it. Corey Film gets it. <laughs> M Shane Clay. Actually, a lot of people are getting it. Yeah. Didn't Pactor reference Pachter does it? Reference I think that he did reference times. it yeah. one time, actually. Yeah.
1: I think he did say that. Yeah, that does sound familiar. Uh,
0: quite a few pe- quite a few people are getting it. Okay. I'm proud. Hmm. <laughs> I'm proud to say that you're our audience. House Horseshack. Hey, Nolan yes. busted out the Horshack. <laughs> That is one of the craziest characters in the history of television. Worst yeah. check, I would argue. Anyway, for those of you who don't know, people are still putting the ones in here. Welcome back, Cotter. Yep. it was a TV show from the eighties, seventies, seventies. Yeah, um, and it was a TV show about a teacher who taught in Brooklyn, I believe.
1: Yeah, like a like a like a, a inner city school in Brooklyn, kind of thing with a yep. with a bunch of with you, a
0: really diverse group of diverse students.
1: diverse group of students, but like not the brightest. Yeah, but. They're good kids. They're
0: good kids, good hearts. Yeah, it was a heartwarming show, I guess is the best way to put it. And it was very popular, but it didn't run for very long. It didn't last very long. John Travolta.
1: Yeah, Travolta. It was Travolta before he got his big break.
0: Yeah, he was really the star. Vinnie Barbarino was that his yeah, name? He, in the yeah, yeah, Barbarino
1: he was the breakout. Yeah, yeah,
0: yep. So anyway, and he had yeah. long hair. And yeah,
1: he was the uh, he was the uh, the Draco Malfoy of uh, oh yeah, that's a good way to put it of, of welcome back, back Cotter.
0: So anyway, that lower third of reference is Welcome Back, Cotter, an old television show that I knew most people would not get uh, when I decided to run it. But anyway, let's talk about Hogwarts Legacy. They showed a heaping helping of this game, 14 minutes of it, mm-hmm. after we had just one trailer that we've been running over and over again on Game Face for the last, like, two years. They pretty much laid the game... Not to- even the
1: trailer, it was, like, a leak. What? Wasn't that like a leak at one well,
0: point? Well, that initial trailer did leak at yeah. first, yeah. And, it was like uh, a
1: proof of concept thing?
0: Yeah, and now we're actually seeing stuff in this footage that was in that leaked trailer, yeah. um, which is interesting. And um, like that,
1: I remember that as like something similar to this.
0: And the animal training yeah. was in that leaked trailer initially, and now it's really exposed in this as like a big part of the game. Um, Hogwarts Legacy. It is a single-player open-world action RPG. You do have NPC companions that join you on some of your quests, uh, but the story is all about your own legacy. You do create your own character when you start the game. The game is set about a hundred years before anyone cares. Yes. <laughs> so Harry Potter and that whole crew of people—they are a hundred years away from when this game is set. So you're—I don't—I don't understand. Like, how long did Hogwarts exist before? Harry and crew came along. Oh, centuries and centuries. centuries. okay.
1: Yeah, like medieval times.
0: Oh, okay. I I wasn't aware of that. I didn't know how long it had been around.
1: So, this actually. It's like everything in Europe. It's been there. Castles up to here. It's been around forever.
0: So, this actually isn't set all that,
1: relatively speaking, all that far away from Harry and company. Uh, not like a, in a geological sense. No. Yeah. Um. I mean, it's, it's probably was like early 1900s? Yeah. Oh no, yeah. it's set
0: in 18 like the late
1: 1800s. Okay. So yeah, exactly. Because Harry Potter takes placed in the early 90s. Yep. Um. Harry Potter's our age. Yeah. I know. Yeah.
0: He was born around when we were. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so you start. You create your witch or your wizard. And you start out, you're, it's kind of like Harry Potter. You start out, you're kind of a celebrity right from the beginning. You're a fifth-year student. So you've kind of skipped past a lot of the other mm-hmm. stuff the other students have had to do. Um, your ties to an ancient magic put you on a collision course with a goblin rebellion led by Ranrock, aided by his alliance with the dark wizard Victor Rookwood, who both present formidable threats to the entire wizarding world. To unearth the mysteries behind ancient magic and stop Ranrock's rebellion... You'll need a friend and mentor to guide you along the way. Enter Professor Alazor fig I'm sure I mispronounced that. I would say it's probably Alazor. 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 Alazor Fig. Yep. Uh, Whose investigations into rumors of a goblin rebellion have earned him an uneasy skepticism from the Ministry of Magic. So that's the basic plot direct from PlayStation. That was verbatim
1: from the PlayStation Mm. blog. What a weird angle to go with. It is a yeah. little odd the go- maybe I mean I'm sure this started long before but one of the big like discourse things right now is how the goblins are Jewish stereotypes with the you know the the greedy money thing and they've got <laughs> the big noses and other it definitely is what they're leaning into it's it's definitely it's as Lindsay Ellis might say it's not not there yeah uh, and so now the story in this seems to be there's a goblin rebellion where they are seizing the banks and kidnapping children. Which is very much along the, that's along the lines of the weird, uh, the the very racist protocols of Zion blood libel thing that comes up once in a while. Um, not the thing you want to be leaning into in the Harry Potter mythos right now. Yeah, it's a little So uh, that, is, that is an unfortunate, either unfortunate coincidence or like just the part of the mythos that really appealed to people. I do believe that this Goblin Rebellion they're talking about was mentioned in the lore before. I feel like that was a reference to something and they're like, oh, let's focus on that. Uh, just... Not great timing on that. And I believe it sounds, I think you got like a personal house elf slave assistant in this, which is also not a great look. Yeah, <laughs> like, I think you do actually. Um, Sure. Yeah, I don't know. Like this this game is good. I feel this game is funny because this game is probably the Harry Potter game that everybody's wanted since Harry Potter started. Oh, absolutely. But yeah. like, I think it might be too late. Really? Like the I think the I mean I think I'm sure it'll sell well, but I think that, you know, a lot of adult Harry Potter fans are not comfortable supporting the brand anymore because of Rowling.
0: You really think um, it'll keep them from buying it?
1: I think it will impact I don't know, you know, I'm not saying it's going to like bomb, mm-hmm. but I think you like you might cost it might cost them a couple million sales. I mean it might sell 10 million instead of 15, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, cuz like,
0: And I would guess they're definitely counting on 15 <laughs> from this. <laughs> I would I mean you
1: want you want this to really be a break. Also like they're you know the Harry Potter brand needs a win at this point, yeah. Um, because the Fantastic Beast movies are not doing it, yeah. I've, um, even even outside of yeah. of the Rowling, stuff. I mean, I think Fantastic Beast has, has been floundering even before all that because they're just not very good.
0: Yeah, I mean that's the problem. It doesn't. It can't just be set in the Harry Potter universe. No, you gotta have. It has to, to be it. good.
1: Yeah, and look, this looks pretty good. Like, like I think at the very least, I mean, it. it it's fun to see the Harry Potter stuff done in modern visuals because we haven't had a decent real Harry Potter game in how 4K,
0: baby. Yeah. yeah. Like
1: two absolutely. generations? Like not since... I mean, like, was there, were there Fantastic Beasts games? Not that I'm aware of. I don't of. think so. I mean, no. probably like mobile crap. Yeah. Because mobile... Like, not real games, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Um, like the last one is probably, oh, probably like Chamber of Se- or the, the last movie, like Deathly Hallows. The, yeah. the, the, Ge- the Gears of War game. Back when EA had the yeah, license. Yeah, EA had the license.
0: Yeah. This game does look pretty amazing, though. I'm not the world's biggest Harry Potter fan in the world, period.
1: No, but I'm even not, I'm, if only a tertiary fan, like this game looks pretty awesome. Like, yeah, like I'm, am curious about. It. I'm definitely like, I'm like, I want like to see what all this stuff adds up into, and like the. I mean, yeah. part of the issue with Harry Potter is that like it's even more so than a lot of other like you know big popular like fantasy and sci-fi worlds like uh, you know like Lord of the Rings or or Star Wars or Star Trek. Uh, Harry Potter more than most really falls apart after three minutes of thought. Yeah. Like, it's very cobbled together without a lot of, you know, thought put together, and she would sort of bolt solutions. I, I Was it Sean? Uh, Sean, the YouTube guy who I kind of tore apart the politics of the books in a, in a video a couple week, weeks ago, made a very good point about how, like, uh, she has sort of a two-book delay where she will respond to fan criticism of like the world building and stuff by like coming up with some other idea to <laughs> fix it, and his example was like when the third book came out, came out, everyone was like, "Well, wait, if they have necklaces that can time travel, why don't they just go back in time and stop Voldemort?" or World right. War Two, yeah. or what? And her solution to that was two books later. Neville accidentally knocks over a shelf that has all the Time Turners on it in the Ministry of Magic and breaks them all. So you can't time travel <laughs> <How convenient>. anymore. <laughs> Interesting.
0: Um, you can almost
1: hear like when you describe it like that. You can almost hear her at the at the computer going like, "All right, you little shits. <laughs> like, like, I'll I'll make you stop talking about the Time Turner."
0: Yep. Um, but it honestly, it really appears as if the game is going to give you the opportunity to just become your own Harry Potter. You're not named Harry Potter; you're named Shane Satterfield, but you're living the Harry Potter life. Um, you can play Kidditch. You choose your house. the The world in the game changes depending on the house that you're that you're put into. Mm-hmm. Um, including why in the world the is Slytherin still around? Decor, the entrances, and stuff like that. Um, you can leave the school grounds. You don't have to stay. At the school, you can venture into the Forbidden Forest, into Hogsmeade Village, where you can interact with magical beasts, or go shopping for supplies, where there's shops and things like that. I mean, it definitely checks all the boxes. Yeah, and once you leave, you'll be able to tame magical beasts, and I'm not sure exactly how that works as far as what you do with the beasts after you tame them. Do they fight alongside you? I don't know. I couldn't really tell from this footage, and they haven't really said a whole lot about it. I
1: imagine they don't directly do that. I, mean, I, I I would guess they're more used for environmental stuff, because it seems seems like you're really working hard to not kill anybody mm-hmm. in this game. Uh, and I feel like sending, like, like minotaurs after people is probably going to result <laughs> in some yeah. bodily injury. I know you can heal broken bones and stuff with yeah. magic, but...
0: Um, and then there's the Room of Requirement, which is a secret room with, which is within the Hogwarts Castle,
1: which increasingly almost everyone who's ever gone to Hogwarts knows about. Yeah, it's also in uh, the new Fantastic Beasts movie.
0: Yep, uh, but it's supposed to be a secret base where yes. you can craft like concoctions, practice magic, and potions. There's apparently definitely an inner al-
1: circle of Hogwarts students that pass this stuff down.
0: Yeah, and apparently there's also that's also where you keep the magical beasts, but it still doesn't really say what you do with them. Um, and then you can also use it to catch up with other students in terms mm. of abilities guess, and academics, stuff like that.
1: It looks like they're helping with the combo there, little, mm-hmm. little creatures.
0: Oh, the creatures are okay. Yeah, like that, so they are, involved, are involved, yeah, in holding combat.
1: up. A, so it looks like a, like a it's a mandrake. So, so hold it up and then it screams and everybody gets stunned. Okay, so, so it does look like they're playing like into combat then some. Maybe they could be used as mounts.
0: That's true. Because it is an open world game. You're going to need, need to be able to travel, although, obviously, you have the broom.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you don't get the broom till later and you got to ride.
0: That's possible. Frankly, um, I'd rather ride a hippogriff <laughs> than a broom. That's for sure. Yep. A lot more fun. Uh, you'll be able to brew Wigan Weld potions for healing and use a mandrake seedling to in- incapacitate enemies with its cry, just as we saw on the B roll. Um, As you continue your studies at the school, you'll learn more recipes for potions, how to handle an assortment of magical plants. So that whole element of the IP is incorporated into the game as Mm. well. And then obviously the spells um, provide different ways to approach combat. Um, You can go in Wands Blazing by accepting Accio to pull an enemy close before blasting them with Incendio. Or do you cast a Delusionment Charm to take a stealthier approach, finishing off enemies with a silent Pentrificus Totalist Takedown. It's like got its own vocabulary. Um, it really does sound like it's just gonna provide dat Harry Potter life in an open world action RPG. Now the combat to me does look a little I don't know.
1: It just doesn't seem like it flows. I mean that's true to the brand. Yeah. I mean the 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 combat in, in all that stuff doesn't really work. Um The other part of it, too, is accurate, though.
0: Yeah, like there was one scene in this where it shows like one of the magicians getting trampled by like a huge troll like you should be dead. Mm -hmm. Like the one thing about the Harry Potter movies is like they hardly ever get hurt because if they get hurt, they die because they're just kids. Mm -hmm. They're not like these fantastical beasts that can sustain a lot of damage. So it'd be interesting to see how they handle that inside the game or if they just completely ignore it. Which my guess is it'll probably be the last. I
1: wonder if that's your microtransaction thing there. What? Well, is like you're planting seeds and, and growing stuff in the garden and it's saying like gonna take twenty four minutes or whatever. I'm like speed it up. Speed it up. <laughs>
0: Give me a dollar.
1: Speed it up. Oh, there's Give your, me a there, there's your slave. Yep. Graphically I think the game looks great. Yeah, it looks nice. Um <coughs> I nice my to... main takeaway from this is like I wish somebody would make a Jedi game like this mm-hmm. that yeah. covers covers all this in the same level of detail. There you go. There's your Someday,
0: Matt. Someday I think it'll happen. It'd be nice. I really thought Respawn might do that, but nope.
1: Well, Yubi's working on something.
0: Right. That'll probably be the first, yeah. is my guess. Um, but we probably won't see that for another three or four years. Yeah. My best guesstimate. But again, I'm not a huge Harry Potter fan, but I'm pretty excited for this game. The release date is holidays of this year. They don't have a solid date for it yet. Do you think it used it'll... To
1: be, they were saying September. Oh, really? Now it's Now, now it's, it's just, just holidays.
0: Holiday. That's not encouraging. <laughs> you think it's going to make it this year?
1: I don't know. I, From what I have heard, it has to make it this year by, like, decree of Warner Brothers. Like, mm. Warner Brothers has basically internally said, Gotham Knights and Harry Potter have to come out this year, Hell or High Water. So you might see both of those games launch a little broken. Yeah, It sounds like these are going to come out whether they're done or not. Coming in hot. You more excited for this game now that you've seen all this footage? I'm not particularly excited about it. Like I, I, Harry Potter, I think has really soured for me because of Rowling's bigotry and pathetic behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, not, and, and I was never a huge Harry Potter fan to begin with. I was 22 when the books started right. coming out. Yeah, we weren't exactly um, in the uh, right age group. Know, I think they're fun, like kind of whimsical little, you know, children's, you know, young. I'm glad that got so many kids to read, and and was a was a big deal for like parents to bond with kids and read yep. read the books together. Like you know, there's a lot of positive stuff that came out of Harry Potter. And I understand the the appeal of it, especially if you were younger when they came out. But to me, like, I like the first three books a lot. And I think as as she no longer had to answer to editors, they got bigger and more bloated and more nonsensical. And they she clearly didn't know what she was doing in terms of, like, where she was planning for the series to go outside of that epilogue she wrote before she wrote everything else, which no longer really fit the rest of the book by the time she tacked it on to the final book. And I barely slogged through the last couple books. So... Um, not a huge fan. Didn't find the movies particularly one amazing after the third or fourth one. Uh, never even saw the last one. I still haven't seen Deathly Hallows Part two. Really? No, I just don't care. I watched all the movies. I like the Lego I, game. I haven't
0: read any of the books. I like I've... the Lego
1: game. Yeah. Um That's about it. Yeah. I like some of the the games based on the movies. I thought the the GBA games based on the first two movies are really good action RPG, like like Zelda style action RPG at Action Adventures. The Chamber of Secrets actually is one of the better GBA games, I would say, Hmm. in terms of non-Nintendo. I don't remember it actually. It was like a top-down, like like action RPG. It's really good. I remember it being really good.
0: Andy T. Monahan is saying this game's coming to Switch. I don't, (laughs) I don't know how that's going to be possible. I mean, it's
1: listed as Switch. It is. Uh, My guess is probably a cloud thing. It
0: has to be. There's no way this game will run unless there's
1: unless there's like another version that you know looks completely different. That's like a is, mobile version or something? Yeah, like a, like a potion-making game or something. Right. It's, it's just,
0: just like, like a little, like... There's no way this game is running on Switch natively. No, I mean, you could... You know, it have to be cloud.
1: It'd have to be a cloud game.
0: Yeah. Dan Boy says he did, he disagrees. He thinks the books have gotten better as
1: they've gone. Nah, I don't... I can't go with that. I, I think they're trying to get more complicated and darker as they get... As they get stuff gets older, because the kids are, you know, theoretically the readers are growing up with the books, but I think the first three are a pretty decent kind of uh you know whimsical childhood fantasy books in the uh in the in the vein of like Roald Dahl although they're they're not quite so weird Mm -hmm. um and I think as she starts trying to tell like a more epic story it just does not come together and there's so much stuff which is just like and my I mean for me like especially I, I it lost me largely in the end of the fourth book where Cedric Diggory dies and everyone's all upset about it and I'm like who is this kid? Like, <laughs> like if you want to do this big turning point where this character dies and everybody's upset about it and it's horrible, that character has to be in the other books first. Like you yeah. like you had to kill Ron or something like like all of a sudden he just pops up and it's like, and oh, dead. everybody loves him so much. Oh, no, he's dead. It's like, who gives a <laughs> shit? Like in the movie, though, I'll give credit to the act- I do not remember the actor who plays his father. Who like he his performance of like my boy is dead in that movie like that sells it like yeah. that, that's a really good I mean it's a sad scene but it's a really yeah. well acted scene it almost gets it over the top, um, but like no I I just I think she's a subpar to mediocre writer who uh, came up with a bunch of uh, accessible and and uh, accessible ideas that really appeal to people and came out of the exact right time that a generation that was growing up really needed a place to feel they belonged and Hogwarts does that
0: game looks really ambitious. Yeah. Like a lot of the stuff that they're showing in these trailers and in that footage, like the work that has gone into it.
1: Yeah. I give, I got to give like, EA credit on this one where it's like, this is well beyond the scope they usually go for for these things. You're usually, usually EA licensed stuff is like, you can feel them doing the bare minimum. Yeah. To well, this isn't
0: EA though. This is WB.
1: Oh, it's a WB. Game. Yeah. I always think Harry Potter stuff is EA. Well, it used to be. Yeah, you, yeah. They had the license for forever. Yeah.
0: But this is WB. But like, the, Anytime things are, like, blowing up and then, like, reforming, like, all the stuff that we see in that, that's a lot of freaking work. Yeah,
1: there's definitely ambition Every here. one of
0: those scenes, like, a lot of like, work. Like, I do
1: appreciate that Warner Brothers, yeah, the, the WB, and is it, it's Avalanche, right? Yeah. Yeah, like, I appreciate that they pretty much seem to have sat down and said, what's the Harry Potter game everybody wants to play? Yeah. Let's just make that. Yeah. And I like... wish more companies did that when yeah. they got licenses for things. It
0: seems like a no-brainer, but yeah. it doesn't always work out that way. Someone
1: do that with Star Wars.
0: It's coming, I think. I hope so. Okay, there you go. That's Hogwarts Legacy again. It's coming before the end of the year. Sometime this year. Sometime this year.
1: I think Um, you'll have it before Thanksgiving one way or the other. Yeah,
0: and they're saying there's a Switch version, but...
1: uh. (laughs) Yeah, who? I mean, that has to be a cloud thing. (laughs) It has
0: to be. There's no way it's running on Switch. So, all right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about the next Witcher game, which was announced yesterday, Matt. And CD Projekt Red made a point to say, it is not The Witcher 4. They went on Twitter after the announcement, and they're like, we just want to clarify, we did not just announce The Witcher 4. We have announced a new Witcher game. Yeah. And they said that it is going to start a new saga in the Witcher franchise.
1: Which, I mean, which we knew. Does that mean that it could be without Geralt? Definitely without. I mean, I think Geralt might be in it. Really? But, like, you're not going to play as Geralt. You don't think? 100% no possible way. How come? Geralt's story is over, and they've said that since The Witcher 3.
0: But... Really? Like Yeah.
1: You will not play as Geralt in this game. I 100% guarantee you. I'll bet you $1,000 cash. Is that a
0: good idea?
1: It's what they got to do. His story's over.
0: I mean, he could just start another story. They have a whole TV show about him.
1: Well, that's all a prequel. It
0: is, that's but earlier. why couldn't they just go? Maybe that's why it's not The Witcher 4. Maybe they're going to do
1: a prequel for the game. That would be another license. Hmm. They'd have to relicense oh, the really? book stuff to do that. I think their they're license is only for post-book stuff. Oh, huh, okay. Also, that, that's I, th- a wrinkle. I also I think that's a that's a poor choice. Also, the medallion that they showed in the the one image they put that's not a wolf medallion. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a, a lynx medallion. Yeah, it's a different character. Wow. Maybe you'll, I mean the original idea they had for The Witcher one was you'd create your own Witcher, and eventually they decided to just have you play Geralt. And so maybe that they're story. finally going to go back. So I think I think that might be what's happened. My my it might be a prequel in the sense that. Um, It might be going back to uh, because this is also what the board game that got kickstarted did, Witcher the the Old World. It jumped back to like hundreds of years earlier when in the in the heyday of the Witchers. Mm. Because in the what happened uh, with the Witcher stuff is um, at one point you know many hundreds hundreds of years maybe a thousand years ago I don't remember how long ago it was before the Witcher events, but uh, it was called the. the uh the this the I think the, the uh I can't remember the exact name of it. It's like the alignment of the spheres where basically um planets aligned and a portal was ripped open and magic weird stuff poured into reality. Okay. And that's where like all the monsters and elves and magic and all that stuff came from. And Monsters basically overran the world for a while, and the Witchers were created. The Witchers sort of developed as a method of fighting them. And by the time you get around to Geralt, Witchers are on the way out because monsters are basically on the kind of controlled. Like there's, and people don't see the need for Witchers and they think they're weird and they don't like them because they're mutants and da da da. da. Um, but there was a time when Witchers were sort of heroes and they were sort of they were common and they were like like wandering. Wandering Hero Warriors, and they would, you know, war, you know, work was everywhere, and everywhere you went, you people would pay you to get rid of monsters because they were everywhere and all that stuff. Um, and that's what the Old World board game is focusing on, which is why there's, explaining basically why a bunch of people can play different witchers, because usually there're not enough witchers around to ever even meet each other. Mm-hmm. So they might be going back to a time when witchers were more plentiful and there were more schools to choose from, oh, so you can okay. have, like, you know, the Lynx school is not one of the schools that's around that we know of in... The time of Geralt, so it might be a prequel in the in the Golden Age of Witchers, where you could where it could be easier to justify creating a, a your own Witcher character and having, them. or they could be going beyond the the Witcher three time period and have like a, a you know the links could be a new school that's been founded because the Witchers are needed again or something like right. that. So it could be like a, a new Jedi Order kind of thing. Okay, um, that was those would be my two guesses. Um, I would think it would be the latter. Partly because it means you can use Siri. Right. um, And Siri can kind of continue through this. Mm -hmm. Uh, Although, to be fair... Uh, Siri could technically also show up in a prequel because she can travel through time and, and space. Right. and Yeah. She can port through different dimensions. And stuff. Yeah. stuff. Yeah. So you're not really limited on that. Whatever you want to do. But yeah. I mean, I would probably be smart given the success of the games to if you get to do a sequel that isn't a, isn't four because it's not Geralt. But you're creating your own. But you're you're also involving Siri somehow to show how that turned out. And you get that through that you'd find out what happened to Geralt and all that. Makes sense. Uh, the other wrinkle to this announcement is
0: that. CD Projekt Red is finally ditching the Red Engine. And it is going to work That's good, learning your lesson from (laughs) Cyberpunk. The hard way, yes. But it is going to work with Epic Games on the next Witcher game. Mm -hmm. In concert, to help Unreal Engine develop, I guess the best way to to describe it would be some sort of a developmental
1: template for open world games. Mm Mm-hmm. So not only Which are is they, not something that Unreal's tremendously good at. It's not. And But they're clearly trying with that Matrix demo.
0: <clears throat> yep. It's a symbiotic relationship that's gonna help both sides and not just help both sides, but help everybody else who makes open world games on Unreal Engine from here on out. Yeah. If I were um, C D Project Red, how would you feel about that? You're basically helping
1: your competitors make games. I mean, after Cyberpunk, I'll take whatever I can get. Yep, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and if this thing ends up looking anything close to that Matrix demo, damn. Lord have mercy. <laughs> some people were some people were noting, like, what if GTA 6 looks like that? Right. I mean, it, might. it probably should. I mean, look what they did with Red Dead Redemption 2 on the last gen. I know. I, and know. Look, I mean, GTA 5 is a PS3 game. I know.
0: And it looks pretty damn still good, looks pretty like good on PS5. Even, yeah,
1: even without the <laughs> upgrades to the new stuff. Uh-huh. like. Um, so I don't know. Like, yeah, I'm I'm pretty interested. I mean, I don't think we're gonna. I think we're gonna be deciding whether to buy this or Elder Scrolls Six right. around the same time. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, actually, it's a win win though for everybody. Yeah, I think. I actually, I think this will probably beat Elder Scrolls Six. You think? To, to market because yeah.
0: it's not working on the stupid Red Engine anymore. Yeah. They even mentioned in their quote whenever they issued the press release, like our last two games have been a nightmare because yeah. we've been trying to adapt the Red Engine to do things that it was never designed yeah, to do. It is always
1: felt like just even from their comments on things, even when they'd be positive about it, it yeah. always felt like the red engine was one of the big pipeline problems. Yeah,
0: I don't know why they waited so
1: long to do this, but... I mean, I, I understand. There was that period where everybody wanted to have their own in-house engine.
0: Because they were thinking that they could then license it out right. to other companies. Yeah, and this make
1: becomes it... a big deal and everybody else wants to use it. And, and it never like, what... happened <laughs> for anyone. See, yeah, see also Frostbite too. Yeah, was, uh... I mean, it's
0: on and on. Like, the only engines that have ended up working are Unity. By the way, did you see mm. Unity's new demo? from yesterday, from GDC, no. mind-blowing. Hmm. Like, as far as, like, human hair, skin.
1: Yeah, I mean, at this point, you're looking at Unreal and Unity and Resident Evil engine yeah. pretty good. Like, Capcom seems to be sticking with that. But
0: it makes it look... It makes all the games look kind of the same, I feel like.
1: Yeah, there, I mean, there is... I mean, that's a renderer choice. Like, they, yeah. could, they could change that if they wanted, I think, but... uh Again, it's sort of like a, if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of yeah. thing. And whatever the, I can't remember what the, what the Assassin's Creed games run on. Now. was that? Snowdrop? You snowed. Yes. Yeah, snowdrop. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And they still, I think do, which that, they that should and probably the Ghost ditch that engine too. <laughs> well, it, it probably needs to be revamped yeah. or something.
0: But to me, Matt, this is great news. It, to me, it means that we're not going to have to wait like eight years to get a CD Projekt Red game. Like we've been waiting. Like, it they should be able to now that they're working with outside partners and everybody else who's contributing to Unreal Engine 5, they should be able to get games out a lot more quickly than they used to. And they should be a lot less buggy than they have been in the past.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And if, look, if they can get it to a point where everybody who's making open world games on Unreal Engine 5 has these libraries to work from that gets them over the hump and they can just focus on the art of making games instead of the nuts and bolts and the technicality of making games. Mm-hmm then everybody wins. So this is great. Like, this is great on both sides. It was smart of Epic to bring in a partner to help them work on it because if you know you're going to make the game on Unreal Engine, you know you're going to make the next Witcher on Unreal Engine, you know already The Witcher is one of the best-selling open-world games ever. It's just, it's a no-brainer. And it works, it helps both sides. It helps sides that aren't even a part of the agreement. So I think it's a great thing. I think it's going to make all open-world games on Unreal Engine better in the future, and hopefully cut down on development time for all of them as well. So, I think it's a great call. When do you think we'll ever see anything about the next Witcher game? Next E3? Two years. Yeah. See a teaser trailer or something here in like 18 months, two years, something like that. my guess. Uh, Because they're just getting started now. uh, Because they finally just got past Cyberpunk 2077. Mm -hmm. Now that the next-gen versions are out there. It's a real interesting
1: time to make that announcement. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But... They worked through some tough times. I mean, some, little, little something. Uh, little they really little, screwed up so yeah, bad. Little, little something to throw in right after you've done the the next gen update for Cyberpunk and before the fiscal year ends, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Witcher three next gen update is supposed to be coming. That's in 2.2. Two two. That's right. So.
0: Yep. So, and then after that, it'll just be the next Witcher game. Should be full yep. steam ahead on that because I think they already killed the multiplayer
1: for Cyberpunk. And I don't. I haven't heard anything about continuing that. Yet. Yeah.
0: So. They'll finally be able to turn no, the page.
1: Nothing of value was lost, I don't think.
0: Yeah, I think at this point, I think most consumers are probably also willing to turn the page.
1: There, there did say something about DLC for Cyberpunk, though.
0: Yeah, there was some still some words kind of out mm-hmm. there about it. So we'll see if it actually comes to fruition. But like, I think most it. people, myself included, who were really salty over the launch of Cyberpunk, like I feel like CD Projekt Red has done about as much as it could to fix that.
1: Like, yeah, it's... Yeah, still I don't forgive him for what it's it's a little too late and it was a little too blatant. Yeah, Um, and I think uh, you know it's harder to it's harder to sort of change viewpoint on it uh, than it was for like No Man's Sky, just because um, No Man's Sky was trying to do something so different Mm -hmm. and so unusual, and then they kind of did make good on all that and beyond. Whereas cyberpunk still you know i expected better from them just in terms of game design let alone you know ignore you know optimization and visuals and you know, all the stuff that they worked that. on the bugs and all that um i don't think cyberpunk is a is a very interesting game design uh example in, especially in comparison to witcher 3
0: i actually really enjoyed cyberpunk 2077 despite even all the bugs and the problems with it i plowed through that game like i you played it
1: I mean I did go back to it when the update came out and it is better. It definitely looks better. It it's a world it looks world of difference yeah. on the Xbox Series X anyway. Um, and I didn't remember anything I was doing, but like you know, it's a lot of added things like you know, reasons to do the side stuff cuz mm-hmm. like that gets you stuff with the different contacts and everything. But I played it for a while cuz that was what I played until Horizon came out and um it was still just the same thing over. It's just like run in, slow mo hits, cut people's heads off, pick stuff up, go back. Like there's just no. I mean, you know, Witcher Three had everything you did had like some kind of narrative backbone to it, and mm-hmm. it's just not there in Cyberpunk. It I doesn't feel doesn't feel like a world where stories are happening. It does feel like a world where people live. Like it does mm-hmm. feel like it is the best city in a game I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I think I would just walk around that city and watch. You know, nothing super unique happens but it's like there's something about but you go that in a little design. back
0: alley yeah. and there's stuff happening back there or it like connects up in a way that
1: like it makes sense how like that alley would form as the city grew up around it like yeah. you know there's there's a there's a logic to Night City, somehow, yeah. that is... City planning. I mean, city, that's really what not, it is. I mean, not like... But, like, that haphazard sort of, like, eh, that's good enough sort mm-hmm. of thing. That, like, it it has a character to it that works mm-hmm. that a lot of ga- video game cities just don't. Yeah. Even video game cities based on real cities.
0: Yeah, like Ghostwire Tokyo. Yeah. Perfect example.
1: So, um, so yeah, I appreciate that, but I just, you know, in comparison to sort of just the, the way that... that that the world of of, uh, The Witcher just sort of kept my attention and kept me interested and kept me looking at everything, Cyberpunk just does not have that. And part of it is because I don't feel any kind of uniqueness to the side stuff I'm doing. Yeah. Um, And I know CD Projekt is better than that.
0: That's for sure. Um, Rosenkranz is asking... Is Unreal Engine 5 the true next-gen experience? Is it going to be? Do you think it's going
1: sure like to be it. the winner? Judging by that demo they, they showed in the caves and the Matrix thing, like, yeah, that's... I mean, it's not going to look as good as the Matrix thing because you're going to have to have a lot more systems running under it, but, like, that's amazing. Like, I showed some people that Matrix demo, and they didn't know that they were playing until they... like I'm like, hit the button. Like, the button. They're like, oh, like this is the game? I'm like, yeah, that's the game. Yeah. That's what it looks like now. A lot of
0: people in the chat are saying that they also really like Cyberpunk.
1: Some of them waited. I definitely don't dislike Cyberpunk. I just think it is a step down from The Witcher 3 uh, in terms of a game design thing. And maybe that was inevitable given like the scope they were going for and the time they ran out of because it really didn't have as long as we feel like it had. It was you know it was 4 years of development really. Yeah. Um, I guess five, if you want to count the year they spent. The year that they spent everything. after a release. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we think about it, as like, you know, because it was announced in 2012, that it was like, you know, it was, oh, they, they took 10 years. So it was like, well, yeah. no, they didn't start until like 2016. Yeah. So, like, um I don't know. I, I I just, I don't find it as compelling as uh, The Witcher was, The Witcher 3 was. um it's, it's They're better, so different, though. Yeah. But it's, but also, but narrative design, they are not. Yeah. They're yeah. different. Like, they, they could, that That's they could a have done better with that. It yeah, could have every group I fight doesn't have to be the same generic group of, of gang members who have no backs back anything and no personality and no there's no uniqueness to it. Even even different hunts for the same type of monster in the Witcher three had more personality to them than those side things in Cyberpunk. I'd agree with that. Agree. And I just think they I mean I do think Cyberpunk's probably better than The Witcher One and Two. But like um Meh Like I don't know if I'll go back and finish it.
0: One's high fantasy, one's Cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that I think for most people whether they like one more than the other probably a big part of that is which setting they like well, more. Well,
1: sort of. I mean, cyberpunk I have h- trouble describing as cyberpunk. Um, I would more describe it as noir. Yeah. Um, which is cool. Like I would yeah. Yeah, I would I would definitely play it's, they would never do it, but I would definitely definitely play a CD Project like straight up noir game like a 1940s L.A. Mm. noir game made by them. that would Like be a probably, gumshoe detective type yeah, thing? like a like that kind of thing. Like a double indemnity kind of thing. Okay. Um, that would be cool. Yeah. Um, just like I would like to see them branch out. I just don't think Cyberpunk turned out to be... I, they'll never touch that again. I, I can't imagine. I don't think so. <laughs> I think they're one and done on that one. Yep.
0: Okay, we got to move on. We're going to talk next about a cool little game that unfortunately, because I have been playing Final Fantasy Origin and Ghostwire Tokyo... <laughs> I did not have a ton of time to play, but Matt, I think you spent more time with it, and that is a little game called Tunic. Mm
1: -hmm. It
0: is on Game Pass right now, and it is a Xbox and PC exclusive. Yeah,
1: it's it's Microsoft's involved somehow there.
0: Which, as we were saying earlier with Ghostwire, which means probably in a year it'll come to PlayStation. With If there's any DLC, it'll have it added in with the base product or whatever. Uh, But for right now, it is an Xbox and PC exclusive, and you can play it for free on Game Pass it is kind of a top-down, old-school Zelda-like. At least it looks that way.
1: Mm-hmm. It when, is. When me... you start
0: playing it, though, and I only played probably two hours of this, I'm guessing, it's hard. Yeah,
1: it's 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 uh, old-school Nintendo hard. Yeah. Um,
0: like I I refer to it as kind of like a Souls-like um, in the lower third, but really, you're right. It's just like an old Zelda game. Yeah,
1: you get no uh, no real help uh, early on unless you're you know it's um.
0: Yeah, for instance, I stand on that thing and I'm like, okay, what's I was waiting for something to activate. No, it doesn't do anything. <laughs> it doesn't yep. do anything. Um,
1: so yeah, it's uh, so yeah, this is uh, it's very Zelda inspired, um, to the point that early on you you know you're looking for a sword, but part of the gimmick here is that um, you can't read a lot of stuff. Until you find stuff that translates things later. Mm-hmm. And one of the main things you're finding are pages to an instruction manual for the game, right? Which is pattern after the old um, uh, pattern after the old uh, NES manuals or actually the old Japanese Famicom manuals yeah. more yeah. um with like the, the the same design they had in in Japan and all that kind of like look and like some they would include like all this amazing art and like maps of things and like hints to things and little like you know like rundowns of all the various enemies and sort of that and um and they were kind of key to uh you know like you say there see there like you don't know that that says stick right because you you don't know how to read that yet um and there's a lot of stuff you pick up that you don't know what it does until you use it and then it'll kind of fill that in for you. And as you, as you, maybe you don't know where to go, but like some of the, some of the manual pages you pick up will tell you where to go or give you a hint. Like this is on page whatever, but you don't have page whatever yet, so you got to find page whatever to have that thing. Um, and so there's a mix of both, like trying to figure out like where would it, where would you probably logically need to go next. And some of that's you know early on there's like a lot of signs that like point. You know, towards where a sword icon is, and you're like, okay, I want a sword, so I'm definitely going to keep following the sword signs, because um, the stick sucks. The
0: level design is complicated.
1: It is. It's, it's like Dark Souls. It
0: all folds in on it itself. Folds in itself.
1: And there's like there's like shortcuts to later areas that are always there, but you'd never know they're there until you take them back right you, like now you're they, right. Come yeah. out, they come out from the back of something yeah. and you would never have known you could walk behind it but you always could have done that
0: yeah yeah and you just didn't see it Yeah, like, you just,
1: there was no way to see it
0: a lot of it is the isometric perspective yeah. it intentionally hides things sometimes or it just obscures mm-hmm. them to the point where you just basically gloss over them and don't yeah there's attention. a lot
1: of there's a lot of discovery here um and whether you find that annoying or fascinating is sort of up to you. You also see um, you
0: cannot jump. You cannot roll off of cliffs.
1: Yeah, classic Zelda stuff. You can't, you can't jump over things or fall off cliffs. Uh, there you can is a, die
0: very easily, as I did right there. Yeah, you die pretty fast <laughs> if you're not
1: careful. Uh, you do lose 20 gold yeah. every time you die. You go pick it up Dark Dark. dark Souls style. Um, or you
0: could lose it all if you don't go get it.
1: Yeah, well, it's only 20
0: Wait, there's only twenty left. Where you
1: die, you only drop a little bit of gold. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, it's it, you drop about the same amount that you get from like killing three of the pig enemies. Oh, okay. I it's not. It's that. not a big penalty. Um, That's good. And uh, and so you basically go around. and you, you, the, the the goal. There's no real dialogue. Um, and the goal is to basically find items and upgrade the character if you can figure out how to upgrade the character. Um. And you uh, and find new items that will let you get through the more difficult stuff because you'll definitely run into things where you're like, okay, I definitely need a shield. Mm-hmm. And so your, your goal becomes to find a shield. So you have to go through and figure out where you can go, what, what, what your items you have right now allow you to get to, and sort of work your way through there. And then as you pick more pages up, they'll give you hints to where you need to go. Uh, you will find a map page that it took me a while to realize actually does track you. In real time. If you if you open that map, it'll show a little marker where you are, which I didn't realize until like an hour later. Mm-hmm. Um, which is helpful. Um, and it is sort of a thing where like it can be frustrating to not understand where you need to go, but once you figure it out, it like it all opens up and it's very satisfying. Yeah, the level um,
0: start folding in on themselves, yeah, and you'll find yourself back to some place you were before and not really realize how the hell you got there. <laughs> At least I did,
1: yeah. I like, a, wait a
0: minute, how did I end up back almost to the beginning and of there's the level where again. you're
1: just like, it was like, okay, what and you follow this path, it's like, you're like, wait, I know where this place is. You mean I could have always gone down here, yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, that's and, for sure.
0: The combat's pretty simple, like, you lock on as you can see with the left trigger, and you can assign one thing I do like is how you can assign whatever buttons you want, yeah. Um, to whatever ability you want. I obviously chose X for the for attack because it feels most natural to me. Yeah. But it is a lot of kind of fumbling around and like discovering what the game wants you to do, what you can and can't do, things that mm-hmm. you can or can't like run through or run yeah. over. And there's a
1: lot of stuff where you're like, okay, clearly I'm supposed to be able to do something with this, but I don't know how to do it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I do like that when you pick up your soul, it like does a burst. It stuns everybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's clever. Oh, and you can see down there, the, the well, that, that burst uh, broke the sign. And the signs do repair when oh, you rest. Oh, really? When you I didn't rest. notice that, actually. You see, like, you can't read that sign anymore. Oh, yeah. So if you've never <laughs> been anywhere, been somewhere before, and you actually destroy the sign, oh, you're funny. like, ah, oh, crap. That was kind of important. Because like, uh, knowing like that. what things are, sometimes they give you hints as to what's in what direction.
0: But that's the way this game is. Like, Stuff happens that you don't even notice. Like, There's just yeah. lots of cool little details. Meanwhile, it intentionally leaves out a lot of details that
1: you might want to have. Yeah, you're constantly trying to piece clues together and you know even on this it's like at some point you realize like oh i want i can sacrifice something and like it'll do that and you're like, oh that's how i level up my strength and my defense and my mm-hmm. and all that and uh, and that's cool and there's like you'll get little hints like in the manual you pick up there's like a little thing like you can't read any of it but it'll shows a picture of like this very obviously boss looking dude and it was it's got a, a thing a number th- big number three in a box next to it and like you're like okay, so clearly my stat should be at level three before I try to fight this thing. And sure mm-hmm. enough, that is very true. <laughs> um, that is that was a that was a tough fight to some degree. Like yeah. it was it was, uh, it was a lot of old school memorization. Like you're not going to power your way through this. Like you can't Dark Souls cheese. No, this realize. game is
0: hard, man. Yeah. I died a bunch playing this game. Like sometimes you get like way far away from like your last save point or whatever, and like either was a bunch of times I didn't even bother trying to go back and get like what I dropped when I died. Cause one, I one, sometimes I couldn't even remember where how I got there because mm-hmm. it had been so far in between the save points. But then other times it's like you drop down like the right place and there's a save point. Yeah, and actually it turns bridge
1: down. You're like, oh, this is where that other save point. was Right, like, that save point you just picked up there. Like that's the central save point for like five different areas. Yeah, if you double back for the right way. Mm-hmm. And like that's pretty. I like, guess pretty cool. Like it's yeah. it's 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 done really well. It's
0: a cool game in general. I feel like. But yeah. I got. I started playing it, and I realized that it's like, this isn't a game that you can just, like,
1: cruise through. No, no. It's, you it's, have to uh, think
0: about it. You have to approach each encounter with caution. Yeah. You have to be intelligent about how you do it.
1: You got to keep everything in mind. You got to remember it.
0: Yeah, and I was just like, you know what? Like I'm already here you'll,
1: here. you'll see one of the pages.
0: Yeah, I'm like, I'm just trying to like get through Elden Ring with the help of so that, like a bunch yeah. of other. So people. that right
1: there does give you a checklist for like all the early things you need to do. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, uh, I didn't fully realize that until I, you know, picked it, until I looked at it later. I'm like, oh, I did all those things because mm-hmm. I was like, well, now what do I want to do because I rang the first bell and I'm like, I didn't know what else to do. And I looked at the thing. i was like, okay, okay, you want me to do that? I guess I got to work my way west. All right. Yeah. So. It's- but it's
0: tough going, man. Like. You, if you get attacked by, like, three or four, like, tough enemies, it's hard to not die, yeah. man.
1: Although the, the I mean, it does, you do have, like, a Dark Souls-style iframe roll. Yeah. Uh, which stops working if, you're, uh, if your um, health is low enough. You don't have the iframes anymore. Really? If, you, if your health is down in the red.
0: Are you kidding me? No, nah, it, change,
1: it, it, it. it changes It should be the opposite. It punishes you for, for getting hit. What? That
0: seems insane. I didn't even realize that.
1: Yeah, that's in one of the manual things, too. Really? Like it, like show, it shows you, like, when you get in, in, invincibility frames and, like, the advantages you have when your health is higher and the disadvantages you have when it's lower and when your stamina is low. Um, that's the, inter- the the stamina thing is interesting. Like, the stamina will run out and is in the red, but it doesn't stop you from dodging, but it does make the dodging less invincible. Hmm. So it's in your best interest to get some distance and let it re, re you know, heal up to. Um, to, to green but to do that you have to basically stop doing everything including blocking so you got to be in a safe place which is easier said than done in a boss battle
0: well i got to the point in this game where i got very scared like i get i like come to a new screen and i'd see like three or four of the more tough enemies that have actually have weapons or whatever and i'd just run away because mm-hmm. it's like managing it the other problem too that i have with this game was the isometric angle sometimes like you get in these really tight quarters and you're fighting maybe some of the tougher enemies and you're trying to get away and I would get stuck on stuff a lot.
1: Because mm-hmm.
0: a lot of this stuff, like, it looks like you should be able to run through it, but you can't. Other things are the opposite. Um, like those squares. Like, it looks like, you know, maybe I
1: should, could be able to... But there's no jumping in the game. Yeah, once you get the sword, you can just cut those down. And to the game's credit, everything you cut down stays cut. Like forever? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Does so not it remembers res- everything. does not reset when you rest at a, whatever, a shrine or whatever.
0: Yeah, and you get, like, um, health replenishers, these little like vials or whatever that you yeah like, you get that's just flasks yeah recently. and you can, you can up, take when you can upgrade, you upgrade those you and you
1: find you find pieces of those to upgrade get another one like you know very zelda
0: yeah like here you had to find that piece of paper just to learn the control scheme yep <laughs> they don't tell you anything you start the game you have no idea how anything works um and it did to his credit it does organically just kind of show you how to do most of the stuff yeah. and teach you how to do it like And it doesn't need much instruction. Yeah,
1: like, as long as you've played a Zelda game before, you're going to probably be fine with the basics. Mm -hmm. Um, Are you going to continue to play this game, do you think, Matt? Yeah. Yeah? I feel like if I don't keep playing it, I'm never going to be able to figure out what I'm doing again. Yeah, because you have to be able to remember, like, where
0: everything is. And on the fly. This is where the game took a turn for me. I was like, yeah, oh, "This these is enemies this suck. gets a
1: lot harder here because like, <laughs> this is like where you like, and then you get the sword. And the, the key is that the sword can interrupt these guys. Oh, so like and the stick does not. No, the stick just like does damage, but it doesn't like help you. Like, but the, the sword, like the second hit of the sword combo, can stop them from attacking. And then once you get the uh, the shield, the game changes completely.
0: Yeah, I would imagine. Is there are there parries like yes. tied to the shield and stuff? There are
1: parries. It's very hard to land, and the timing is very strange, but like you can stop anything, in it's like you can stop full on like power attacks from bosses with this with the parry and oh, wow. stun them and get tons of free hits on them. From oh, that.
0: Okay, all right. I don't know if I will go back to this. I think as long as I'm still doing the Shane versus Elden Ring stream on Saturdays, like, I think that's enough. I yeah, it's enough, dude. Like I don't think I'm going to go back to this. Um, I gave it a couple hours. I found it to be pretty frustrating. I never did get the sword. How did I miss that? You're right in the right area. I never got it that might have changed everything for me it's but around it, here but again because it's so obtuse and what it tells you and where stuff is you should definitely have
1: the sword before you're in here i it's, should it's, have the sword yeah, already yeah, it's further past this stuff oh well
0: as you can see i got in way over my head and see then i get trapped in the corner that's the other thing too it's hard to tell like when you're in some of these rooms how the they're kind of cut out of the
1: world Where you can escape? Yeah, like if you look at that that sign, like you'll see, it's not in language you can understand, but it will have a sword icon. Oh, really? Pointing you that direction? Really? It's over here. It's over here somewhere. I can't remember exactly where.
0: I mean, I did mostly enjoy it. It is a very charming game. I like the art style. I like the angle. The angle that it plays from.
1: Yeah, you can't fight these guys without a sword. You like? Oh, they whoop my ass. Yeah, you're supposed to basically (laughs) learn. Like, don't even try it.
0: Uh, I tried. But eventually, I try to run away and I get caught on geometry and they kill me. And yeah, um, this happened to me a lot because I never found the sword.
1: Um, I'm guessing this yeah, would sw- help a lot. The sword kills those guys in three hits. Now, so yeah, and the second hit stuns them. So oh, yeah, so it's a big change. Makes a big difference. So, um,
0: I I would recommend this probably if you have Game Pass, just download it. It's a very small download. You can give it a go and see if it's for you. Um, I would say if you're if you're like me and you are playing Elden Ring right now, it may be a little bit too much of a good thing. I don't know, too much of a difficult thing at one time. Uh once I kind of figured out what this game was about and how it worked, I was like, I can't do this. So yeah. I just uh I was like, I'll put this on the back burner. If it turned out you had played it and spent more time with it than me and I was like, Okay, we're good.
1: Yeah, I mean I find it very charming. It I is very it charming. It's very good.
0: Yeah. I mean, what look for what they're doing and what they're making, it's pretty great.
1: Yeah. Like I this is the classic Zelda experience that I wish it was easier to get from Nintendo, frankly. Yeah. I'm surprised um,
0: Nintendo hasn't done more like this with
1: Zelda. Yeah, like this is, you know,
0: And now that it doesn't have a handheld anymore, who knows when we'll get more games like this as far as like a dedicated handheld. Cuz everybody plays stuff on the TV screen now, so who knows mm-hmm. if we'll get more games like this in the Zelda line going forward. Yeah, I mean,
1: I guess The Link's Awakening remake is about the limit there.
0: Vincent says in chat this is the best game I've played in years wow
1: <laughs> I wouldn't go that far but it is <laughs> this is some it, big it, words if man. this is the if this is the kind of thing that you're after I would say that very few have done it better yeah um and it's kind of got this like you know figure it out yourself without being too obtuse yeah. like it's a very hard balance to strike and I think it does strike it like I never felt like I had no idea what to do next. I was. It always managed to communicate to me what I need. You know, I was like, okay, I need a sword, clearly. Okay, the sword is cool. See what I've been doing here? I just keep banging my yeah. Head you guys, you got to stop doing that. You got to yeah. go the other direction because <laughs> um, the sword is pa- is past that. Yeah. Um, and. Um, yeah clearly i need a sword and i have a sword you know it would be really great if i had a shield because now they're starting to shoot things at me well, i you just know? wanted to kill these guys so I, so I was
0: like okay this is a challenge now so i found i'm, like, I'm gonna kill you guys yeah, so i found uh like you yeah, found a shield
1: did that and then you're like okay cool and i go where else the only place and how left,
0: disappointing was it for me there's that another i fight guy. for that chest and all i get were 15 freaking gold for the chest <laughs> <laughs> i was like so mad
1: and then the uh you know you're like okay i want the shield okay the, well, the only place left to go is too dark to see so i probably need a lantern or something where do i find that yeah that's that kind of that kind of progression yeah and um it's all it all flows really well, um, and that is a very difficult thing to do, especially coming off of like um, something like uh, you know nobody saves the world, mm-hmm. which was also good, but like was not elegant enough to pull off the trick this one's doing. Um, also, when you get the sword, you can cut all that stuff down, so like you, you're not so you're, you know, not, just, tra- you you're not trapped. You're not trapped or limited. on it. In, in, yeah. yeah.
0: Yep. Well, I never did find it, yeah. <laughs> so that was the end of my tunic journey. Essentially,
1: <laughs>
0: I did enjoy it for the most part, the little bit of time that I played it. But I just had so many other things. That, that is needed weird to get
1: that to. it's resurrecting you there. No, no, no. This is a, oh, that's a this trailer for okay.
0: the game. Yeah, it's different.
1: I was gonna say you should be resurrecting at the last shrine. What would you say? You should be popping up at the last shrine.
0: Yeah. Well, I had a save point there where I was just I kept mm. respawning from, but but yeah, that's tunic. How much does it cost if
1: you pay for it? Do you know? I don't know. I think it's twenty five. Really. That sounds about right. Yeah. I mean, I would have, I would be completely happy if I'd paid for this.
0: I just don't know why people would ever pay $25 for a game like this instead of just spending $13 and getting Game Pass for the month. I don't know. When you can play this and everything else that's on there. I
1: mean, I would consider paying for this just to reward the developers. Oh, gotcha. That's about it. Yeah. Maybe it's 30 maybe it's 25 like on sale the first week. I can't remember.
0: I could see that. Um, I could also see this game becoming very frustrating eventually. Just watching this trailer from the
1: later parts of the game. Well, once you have the sword and shield and other items, like you are, you have much more capability. So, like the firecrackers can kill stuff. Like you know, like there's there's a guy with a big shield and a spear, and like he he can one shot you. Like even even if you upgraded your health a fair amount, and I'm like, what am I supposed to do? So I threw a firecracker and he killed him. Huh. I was like, okay, that solves that problem. Game also gives me a little bit of like a journey vibe. Yeah, there's a the little art bit of like the, the, and... the smoothness of the of the characters sends uh-huh. that to it.
0: Yeah. Um so there you go. This tunic is available for Xbox and PC, but as we always say, just spend $13 a month and get Game Pass and play this and the dozens or hundreds actually of other games that are just sitting there on the service waiting to play. Seems like people get testy when we tell people to get Game Pass. It's like it's this thing that PlayStation fans get very upset about. <laughs> I don't know why, Uh, because I guess I don't have anything to compete with it yet. Um, Hopefully that's changing in the near future. At least it seems like it's going to, but we'll see. Uh, But there's Tunic. I'd give it a thumbs up, even in my limited play time. I just Mm -hmm. didn't have a lot of time to really spend with it, and I was in kind of a rush to get footage uh, for the show.
1: i give it a big thumbs up. Yeah. I really liked it.
0: Okay. Um, All right. It's time to move to our last topic of today's episode. Also, some news that broke yesterday. Some big news. PlayStation is buying... Haven Studios. You may say, what's Haven Studios? Haven Studios is the brand new studio that Jade Raymond launched literally a year almost to the day. Um, it was announced, I believe, on like March 16th of last year. Mm-hmm. And here we are, March, what is it, 22nd today, 23rd? Yep. So almost a year to the day after Jade Raymond launched her new studio. And along the way, she's made a couple hires. She hired like a couple guys that had worked on Assassin's Creed, Um, It seems like she's done a pretty good job with her hires getting people in who are really talented. And a year later, PlayStation has purchased Haven Studios. Congratulations, Jade. If only for the fact that she is undoubtedly finally going to be able to finish a video game. Mm -hmm. Which she has not been able to do in probably 10 years.
1: About that. I think the last one was probably I Am Alive.
0: Yeah. Yeah. She went to EA.
1: Yeah, they shut their shut they all that shut stuff down. Her
0: stuff down there. She goes to Google and works on Stadia. Yeah, they, they shut, down, shut that down all the first party development there. Finally, she's like, you know what? Screw it.
1: Make my own studio. Make my own studio,
0: and it worked.
1: And then Jade gonna get paid. She son. got.
0: Uh, she is getting paid. <laughs> And she deserves it. <laughs> yeah,
1: good. I mean, that's not... And that probably means she's going to finally get something out the door. Right, most importantly. Because
0: let's be honest, she was getting paid at those other jobs Oh, sure. Too. Like oh, sure. lots. <laughs> but now I think
1: she's good. Right, yeah. If like, she wasn't already. For
0: life. Yeah. yeah. She's set now. I she hope so. She has her studio, and she's going to be able to keep making games
1: now, and I do think that this is part of like an arms race, anyway. Like you know, it's, yeah. it's like Sony's Sony's buying up developers the same way Microsoft is because they you know see the writing on the wall in terms of where the where the war is going, basically.
0: Yeah, because this is way out of the ordinary for PlayStation. Yeah, they,
1: usually you have to prove yourself with at least two games to get Sony least, to even look interested at you. Right
0: before they even start <laughs> sniffing ask, around. Ask Blue
1: Point about that.
0: Yeah, I mean Blue Point I made mean, how many projects? People have
1: been saying Sony should buy Blue Point for almost ten years.
0: Yeah. And then they finally did it after the Demon Souls yeah. remake, which okay, sure, yeah. But. <laughs> well, they did really a
1: really great job on it, but you should have done it a long time ago. Imagine if they, someone else, had, if Microsoft, had beat them to that. Yeah, you know.
0: Think about Naughty Dog. Inside, how many games did Insomniac make as a second party studio yeah. before they were finally purchased by PlayStation?
1: Yeah, although some of that I think was Ted's choice. He just didn't want to sell you. He wanted to be independent. That's possible.
0: There's Naughty Dog. How many Jack and Daxter games did they make before they were Mm -hmm. finally bought by and here's Haven.
1: They had to grow at least three soul patches for (laughs) Jack before that would happen. Yeah.
0: And here's Haven, which has never made a single game, has only existed for a year. For all intents and purposes, Matt, Haven right now is Jade Raymond, a logo, and maybe some little prototype.
1: Well, whatever they have, clearly Sony likes what they see. Herman
0: Holst Yesterday, in an interview with Games Industry, gushed over whatever it is that Haven is making. Mm -hmm. He gushed over Haven, saying that Haven has managed to do things in such a short period of time that most development studios take far longer to to do. He is just in love with Haven Studios, and I think we got a hint not long ago about what they're working on. Isn't it kind of like a a game of the service about like inclusion?
1: I don't know. I didn't see that.
0: That's what I remembered. Switch the lower third. Oh. That's what I remembered, was that it's like a game as a service that's all about, like, inclusion and incorporating people into other I guess that sounds
1: familiar. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember clearly.
0: Whatever it is, Herman Holst is really enamored with it, because this is crazy, Matt, that they... It's home, too. (laughs) Okay, I mean, it could be. Yeah. It could be something like that. Like, I'm thinking, I'm like, what if
1: it's, like... I mean, the last time you let Jade Raymond loose, she made Assassin's Creed. Right. Which changed the, the industry.
0: It did. It absolutely did. So, but I'm also wondering, could this be like Dreams or a little Big Planet game where mm-hmm. you hear the idea and you're like, oh my god, that's brilliant. That's genius. And then the game comes out and the game is actually really good and it does what the developer said it was going to do and nobody cares and no one buys it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a risk to buy a studio based upon like an idea and a couple people that are on staff at that point. like, And a risk that PlayStation was never willing to take until now. Mm-hmm. The game has changed, Matt. Microsoft has completely changed the game and flipped the script. It's PlayStation's now in scramble mode. That's what this says to me. It's that PlayStation has reached a new level of desperation that it's never been at before. In order for it to rationalize making such a risky move. While at the same time, Mm -hmm. I would add, they're getting a deal on the studio. So if if you like the idea, and you really think it's going to be something that's going to be huge, It's really something you
1: don't want Microsoft to have.
0: have, It does make sense that you buy it now before the game comes out, and it's a hit, Mm. and the price of the studio suddenly quadruples because they have this IP or this idea. Now, a caveat to this is that essentially PlayStation funded the launch of the studio. Because this game all along was slated to be a PlayStation exclusive, and PlayStation invested in the development of the game. hmm So, it kind of owned the studio already, because without PlayStation's money, Jay doesn't have the money to hire these people from Ubisoft that worked on Assassin's Creed. Although, she might. She might be that wealthy, where she could have maybe started something a little I smaller. Mean,
1: investment might have been there. Also, like, if I know some people who you know, worked with her at Ubi back in the day and stuff, and... Almost every, I think actually every single one of them said they would work for her again in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. Like, I have never heard anyone say anything bad about working with her.
0: I've never heard anyone say and anything. And believe me,
1: those people have said plenty of bad things about <laughs> other people they've worked with to me. Uh, without any reservation. It's not like they're whitewashing their experiences. Everybody speaks very highly of her.
0: I've never heard anyone say a bad thing about her other than trolls on other the than, internet.
1: Yeah, other than toxic Incel trolls yeah. on the
0: internet. <laughs> um. She's and look, I've been around her so many times for extended periods of time, and she's been nothing but amazing no, to she's great. me and my teams and the people who have worked for me. Um, yeah, I mean, just in general. Once you get
1: past the very understandable, "Are you going to be a horrible asshole to me?" Uh, right. defense shields. Yeah, yeah uh, she's, she's a really I lovely person.
0: Can totally understand why she would. Have oh, that absolutely. Shield. Like because it, she.
1: Nobody should. She should not give anyone the benefit of the doubt ever again. as Yeah, far as I mean, I'm it like,
0: could be argued that she was really the first. Developer who had to deal with like the whole incel. I mean,
1: that was definitely like one of the big eye-opening situations of that. Yeah, for me, I was was like, oh wow. I mean, obviously we we saw that all the time. Like Morgan would get creepy emails and stuff like that. But just how how brazen it was with. Well, what
0: really hit me, Matt, the first for the first time, that made it really that really opened my eyes was when. People, someone had drawn a comic of her where they had literally spent days and days drawing
1: the comic,
0: and it was the most disgusting
1: thing. That was VG Cats. What? I remember that. No. The 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 thing where she was like, you know, like basically turned into porn. Yes. Yeah, that was VG Cats.
0: Are you kidding me?
1: I I remember that. Wow.
0: I thought that was just some random
1: dude. No, that was a if, if it's the one I'm thinking of. It was
0: uh, awful. Yeah. Wow. That's <laughs> that's an eye opener all on its own. <laughs> oh man. I'll, I'll check that for for. Uh... But that was when it all hit home for me, and I was like, "Oh my God, this is what she's dealing with. This is the type of crap." And now it's just, and it's just spiraled ever since. So, I root for Jade. She had to deal with this crap way before a lot of other women had to deal with it in the industry, and she stood tall and she hasn't left. And that takes guts to stand up to the internet really i think we all anyone who works puts their face on the internet knows what you're dealing with here but not what she's dealing with it was a whole different level of it so i'm very happy for her it honestly do you think it's going to be a good deal for PlayStation
1: i do i think so i i wouldn't be sh- i mean I, look i don't th- <laughs> it's hard to say in some ways because like it's been so long since she got a game out yeah, not through any fault of her own. Yeah. Um, but look, Sony has limited resources um, in comparison to Microsoft, and if they're snapping Haven up, it means they see something that they think is very, very worth it. And is Sony always right about that stuff? No. But like, but her track her not track always, record and their usually. their you know need to um uh their, and their and Sony's need to parcel its resources out more carefully than Microsoft indicates to me that they see something really worthwhile here. Um, which, to be to be honest, uh, does not surprise me. I do trust PlayStation's judgment. I, I mean, look at the games that comes out
0: of their first party studios. They can spot a good game when they see it. Although there have been missteps, like they probably stuck with Little Big Planet a little too long. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate to say it because I have a really good friend who works on the game, but Dreams probably wasn't the smartest investment. Um, but I do feel like PlayStation almost has like a slush fund that it uses just to develop crazy ideas. And mm-hmm. I like that about it. I mean, I like that Ghostwire Tokyo is kind of crazy, and it probably gave Bethesda some money for that, to make it exclusive to PlayStation. I like that Sony does that, and I hope that never goes away. I hope that remains a component of Sony's first-party offerings. Um, and honestly, if I had to bet on somebody, I would bet on Jade Raymond.
1: Sure. She's made huge games with huge teams. You know she can turn out product. And even when she hasn't put anything out so long, and all this stuff she does, she does has been internally, you know, canceled. Um, she instantly can turn around and get a new big, high, you know, high level gig or get funding. Yeah, for her own studio. And like that means she's showing people what the pre, you know, because you can show your previous canceled work. Internally, yeah, yeah, to, to get a new job, yeah, I mean, you yeah. can't show it to the world, but you can, you know, show it in, you know, in, in confidence to to new employers as like, here's what I was working on, like, and that stuff happens fast for her. Mm-hmm. So clearly, like, what she has to show, what she's been working on, and her ideas, get people excited, get people with the money excited. Yeah. Um, and like, that's not a universal thing. Like, yeah. there's people who have struggled for years to get another another funding round. I on, would on give her stuff, money for sure. Yep. And I will as soon as that game comes out. (laughs) (laughs) Right.
0: So this is a risk on PlayStation's part, but I think it's a pretty safe and calculated no, I'm,
1: risk. I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I, I think this goes in the same slot as, as Blue Point being a really smart move. Yeah,
0: and I think she will be able to get talent. I think, like as you said, I mean,
1: people are already saying they've, mo- she's mostly reassembled the original Assassin's Creed team.
0: Like I think people are going to want to go work at Hey.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You're, and that's a big X factor. You're, you're with someone that you know you've had a good working experience with before, and you're under Sony, so you know that it's going to get done.
0: Yeah, and you know you're going to have the resources yeah. to get your project done the way you want. Too. PlayStation mm-hmm. also doesn't rush stuff out before it's done. No,
1: Sony Sony wants that boutique experience. There's
0: so many good things about it. So, it is risky. There's no doubt PlayStation took a risk on this, but I think it's a very calculated and smart risk that I do think will pay off. Will it pay off with the first game? Maybe not. I don't know,
1: but also look at how long Sony supported Dreams. Right, yeah. Like they, I mean, they, it's still supporting it, technically. Yeah. So, still, still going. Yeah, yeah, it's still there. So... And worth looking at if you get the chance. <laughs> like, it's, yeah, you know, there, there, there's amazing stuff being made in that right now. I only, I only don't check in as often as I should on dreams, but yeah. it is absolutely worth loading up and just seeing what you see.
0: Yeah, what the people have made. Do you think PlayStation could should continue with this strategy going forward, or do you think this was just the ideal situation?
1: Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure what else they're looking at or what else they're after. I think, like we saw with. Um, uh, who who were they? Who did they buy? Um, Housemark. It's one of the recent. No, ones. they didn't. They, they didn't buy Housemark, did they? PlayStation did, yeah. Did they? Mm-hmm. Um, who bought Bungie? Was that Microsoft? Yeah. Yeah. Xbox. Like I think it's. I think my, uh, Sony should be doing the same thing. We're looking at things that plug holes or give expertise they need mm-hmm. in their realm. Um, in large part, I would say that was that would be first person shooting. Mm-hmm. Uh, They don't have a shooter to compete with anything. I mean, maybe you don't need to anymore. I mean, maybe, maybe we need to get out of the, out- the, the older thinking of like, if you don't have a first person shooter, you're not a complete library. Cause maybe that doesn't matter so much anymore. Um, outside of like call of duty. Yeah. But, uh, even I don't know. that
0: seems to be waning a little bit here. So, Oh yeah. Oh, Sony did buy Bungie actually. It was Sony. Well. Okay.
1: So yeah, so that, I mean, I think I see them plug plugging holes where they don't have, you know, they don't have that expertise. And uh, this seems like whatever this idea is she has is something that they really want in their stable.
0: Well, they have, what, four years to get out ten games as a service?
1: Yeah. you better get cracking. I I wonder if this is one of them.
0: It is, absolutely. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, It's definitely one of them. Mm -hmm. Um, And so is the new Twisted Metal game, and so is Bungie's Matter, um, and Mm -hmm. whatever else Bungie is cooking up. That gets you to, like, four or five. Yeah. So I got five more to go. (laughs) There's a there's one for The Last of Us, I think, that's being worked on. Right. They're doing
1: like some kind some of kind multiplayer multiplayer-ish thing. Yeah, Yeah, the, whatever they call the... Yeah. I can I never mean, remember they what they call the multiplayer. They actually get to the 10 in four yeah, years, probably. oddly
0: enough, which it seemed at first when they announced it like that would be impossible, but it might happen.
1: Yeah, when you think about how wide that net is. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And as you said, buying Bungie plugged a bunch of holes for a PlayStation. Yeah. Not only does it give them a studio that can make good shooters, it also has experts in games as a service, blah, blah, blah. So... Um, Sony's I think made some smart decisions recently um, given its limited resources in comparison to the company it's trying to compete with, which essentially has endless resources to compete with mm-hmm. so um, it does seem like and it's getting a little riskier it's taking more risks now but it has to it's the only way it's going to be able to compete with Microsoft three years from now
1: yeah because it ha- I mean you might really be running into a problem in a year or in- or two years where, you know Microsoft's first-party lineup looks as you know gem gem-ridden as uh, I mean. I think 70s. it's a given. It's going to be, and uh, that was, that has not been a problem for like ten years. Yeah, yeah. You know, or, or maybe just, ever. Honestly, I mean, I mean, there was a period depending the, on how
0: much you like Gears and Halo in and, the
1: 360 era. I think you yeah. had you had enough to the variety to like yeah. kind of make it competitive. Um, but I think around 2013, it just lost changed. all of that. It was like it was like it was Halo. You know, it was mediocre Halo games, Gears of War games that everybody was kind of done with, and Forza. Yeah. Both and that was games. it. Yeah. Over year and over and over and over. Year and over. after year.
0: Yep. All right. There you go. That's game phase 293. We've got some time to do some QA. So if you have some questions, put them in the chat. Go at Sifted Games when you ask a question. That way it's easy for us to pluck them out of the chat. Um, here's the first one from AJ the Legend Watson. Let me bring this up so you guys can all see it. Um, do you believe Nintendo's decision to push Advance Wars um, back is truly due to world events or something to do with development of the game? I actually did not even hear that. I don't know if that broke today um, while we've been here. Mm-hmm. Although I'm glad that there's some news what? happening that Advance Wars, Advance Wars was pushed that back.
1: That was like a week and something ago. Oh, really? Yeah, that was around when we were really sick. Oh, okay. Uh, I was they, checked out for they a They pushed days. it way back. Uh, like, and way was, back? Yeah, like... October or something oh wow I, so I, I didn't
0: I totally missed that
1: yeah it got pushed way back because they didn't want to release a war game especially because there's a Russian analog at this very oh, bellig- right. you know, there's a b- very belligerent Russian faction in that right um I think that was entirely because of Ukraine. Yeah, oh, I, yeah. I, I don't think it was a development delay I yeah mean, I had missed that I story, mean that game was supposed but... to come out in December um yeah I, I think that was entirely because of uh uh the, the events of the time
0: yeah, I had missed that story, but now that I'm hearing it, it's absolutely because of the war. No doubt about it. Yeah,
1: which is what they said. Yeah. I mean, they said it's okay. because they were out of sensitivity for what was happening in world events kind of thing.
0: That makes sense. Uh, Lynn Jeff 99 what's up, Jeff? Hope you're doing good, man. Would you consider joining with the Easy Allies crew now that Brandon is leaving? What would be the pros and cons of that situation? Uh, no. I mean, Brandon would have no bearing on that at all. In no. fact, I would rather join up with Easy Allies if Brandon was there. <laughs> no disrespect to any of the guys that, are, that aren't that are Brandon, but I love Brandon to death. He's an awesome guy, and I would love to work with him again. So um, Brandon being there would be more incentive for me to join up with Easy Allies than him leaving. Um, pros and cons of joining up or not joining. I mean, the pros are obviously joining forces, having the work power. Like I do everything by myself, so having anyone to do anything would be a huge advantage to me. Um, I don't know if they would consider any advantage to joining up, but obviously having other people to do stuff would change my life. Um, The other pros, I think, well, one of the pros for them was that they would have an official website instead of just kind of the thing that they have now. They may not even be interested in that. Um, You know, they maybe, when they launched, just didn't want to invest the money in building a real website, and so they just kind of have this very simple thing that they've been using. Um, But they would obviously have Sifted if we were to join forces, and Sifted has built-in... Paywalls, which I've spent a lot of money to build. We ended up ditching those for Patreon because you guys requested that we go to Patreon. But that stuff is still there. So as we mentioned earlier in the show, it seems like the the day of Patreon is, the sun is setting on that day. Um, So if they were to say, you know what, let's get out of Patreon and go back to where we're not losing as big of a cut of the money, then that would, and Sifted would work great for that. But, But otherwise, yeah, I don't see anything like that happening. And Brandon being there would be incentive for me to join up him leaving would not increase the incentive to join up. Um, El Guapo, 3385. Sorry if you already answered this, but just want to hear your thoughts or response to what Pactor says about PlayStation's future, how it would cease to exist. LOL. I'm, I haven't seen that, actually. Did you? not know. I'm
1: sure it's in the same vein as he's been saying for like the last two generations that this is the last generation of Oh, it probably hardware. is the same
0: thing about him saying that, Which Which yes, uh,
1: remains nonsense. Yeah. So maybe one day, but not anytime soon. I
0: mean, I think he'll be right eventually. Yeah. Eventually, there are, there are going to be I don't know if be we'll consoles. be around to see it. Yeah, I'll probably but... be dead, though, I think, whenever there's no consoles anymore. I think we've talked about that before, though. Um, I don't know why it's bubbling up again. He's been saying that for, like, six years. Mm -hmm. It's not, like, a new thing. Um, Derek D111, I got the idea for this question from one of the former GMG episodes. Okay. Shane mentioned the possibility that Treyarch might be making a free-to-play game that wasn't an FPS. I doubt that will happen, but what dev that is known for shooters would you like to get out of his comfort zone, like Gorilla working on Horizon? I do not remember saying that Treyarch might be working on a free-to-play game that wasn't an FPS. Um, they are working. I think on a free to play game that's not Call of Duty, but that doesn't mean it's not an FPS. Mm-hmm. That's what I was talking about. But still, it's an interesting question. So, um, what other developer would you like to see change that uh, has worked on kind of one genre the whole time and team working on something else? Maybe um, Bungie. Bungie, yeah. I mean. Because Bungie, in its infancy in its younger days, it did work on other stuff besides. Did have a couple of things.
1: It did uh, abuse, which was a side-scrolling kind of Metroidy thing. Well, it's, Halo
0: was supposed to be entirely different than what Halo it ended was supposed up to be. Basically,
1: an open-world third-person yep. like, squad game. Yep. Um, so Oni, that's a good one, I think. Or Myth. Myth was an RTS. Yep. I, I really liked Myth. Yep. That's There's a, a game. It's weird that they've never remastered that. I mean, I don't know who owns that now. I know Bungie sold off Oni and Myth rights years and years ago
0: yeah i think it's hard to find studios anymore that only make one type of game yeah even from software like it's made tons of games throughout its history yeah, it just
1: found the miyazaki it found, just found the, its the niche formula with, that works yeah and it's gonna do that over and over again
0: it's hard to find developers that only make one genre anymore it just mm-hmm. is and that's good
1: like it just means
0: that studios yeah. are, stri- stri- I, I are i like to see playground and-
1: games make a fable game we're gonna see that. We're getting to it <laughs>
0: because it's zombie games weren't all that great. What did they make? Didn't they make the last? Um, ah, what's the first party Xbox zombie open world game?
1: State of State of Decay. Yeah, didn't no, they make that's one? A, that's a that's a same team that was literally formed just to make those. Okay, gotcha. Um, but yeah, We're they're still working. I, there's a, there's a game we haven't seen in a while, State of Decay Three. They showed yeah. that what like three years ago.
0: Yeah, no, I think Two it was at ago? the debut of Series X. I think it's when they showed the, that CG trailer. Yeah. But, yeah, we haven't seen that since. So that should be... Undead
1: Labs. That's the name, that's that company. That's right. Yep. Playground, I believe, was just made to do Forza Horizon, if I remember right. Maybe. Unless they did stuff before that that I don't remember. Really. Yeah. But
0: yep. that's another good example of a studio that was typically doing just one thing that's now branching out to do something different. And I've been very nervous about that, by the way, about them making a Fable game. Because it's so far out of the realm. It's like... Going from zone to Horizon is not as extreme as going from Forza Horizon to Fable. It's just it's just not. So those are good examples. Uh, Vincent says Advance Wars does not even have a date at this point. Um, Ashes in the Hourglass. With the juggernaut success of Elden Ring, can you think of any other case where a niche series exploded in such a way? From a game that Sony didn't want to publish and was ashamed of... Well, I don't. Know,
1: what the hell? I don't think they were ashamed of anything. They just didn't <laughs> you, think it would be successful in the U.S. You romanticized
0: Fromm's games so bad, dude. Like.
1: The yeah, from from was, was not or Sony was not ashamed of it. They didn't like, think it That had,
0: deserves a facepalm right They didn't there. think that had a market in oh the my West. Gosh. And, and
1: honestly, they were pretty much right. It t- it <laughs> took them 6 games and 10 years to get here. This was a slow burn. And the I other would think too I is would like, definitely not call this an explosion. No. It was it was earned.
0: I, the other part too is it like their games have been selling like 8 to 10 million already. Like this yeah. isn't that gigantic of a bump. Like we have we wait and I, see. Mean this, I
1: mean I mean the games have like been selling, you know, like the, the top dark souls games were selling like you know eight to ten million after like six years right yeah but, lifetime sales. yeah you know, Elden ring is at 12 million already but which here's is what a, i'm is, saying it's Matt. a big change like, but like I,
0: but i don't think the lifetime sales of Elden ring personal opinion i don't think it's gonna have a long tail i feel like a lot of people bought the game and they're either like wow this is awesome and what i thought it was gonna be or hot damn i can't believe yeah, I'm wasting i wasting mean, sixty dollars on this i game. think
1: uh i think it's gonna probably get to fifteen um, I, would, I actually, eh, maybe. I think we get to 15, which is a huge jump from the huge. previous ones. Yeah. However, as you say... What about is, the next game? Yeah, exactly. Because there's no guarantee that all the people who bought that because of the hype like, liked it. Mm-hmm. And will come back for another one.
0: Although I was surprised that, according to figures, at least what they're reporting, 70% of people who played Elden Ring beat the first boss? I really have a hard time believing that. I mean, but according to the Steam... That's what they're saying. According to
1: the Steam achievements...
0: Oh, Steam. Is that where that's coming from? I think so. Okay. I Okay, that makes more sense. PC players, to me, more likely, I feel like, to do that.
1: Possibly. Um,
0: Console players, I, mean, I would look, be really surprised. Well, and
1: also, I mean, yeah, I don't, you don't have much else to go on, but I will say that having gotten a lot of achievements on the Xbox version, all the main, like... Story st- bosses don't have the rare achievement thing. I mean, that's ten percent or higher. Mm-hmm. But all the optional hard stuff, you're getting like five to t- five to eight percent. So you get the little gem achievement, mm-hmm. uh, rare achievement thing. Yeah. But all the main stuff, like it's it's in. You know, my guess is at least in the twenty percent range. Yeah. Um, which is pretty high for some of these games. I, mean, I mean, you're talking about. You know, you look at some of the percentages of these things, and like, you know, there's like games where it's like you you have ninety five percent for the achievement to get to the first save point. You know, right. You're like, what are people doing? Like, just yeah. started it up to see if it works, and land <laughs> way and never open it
0: again. Like, some people do do that. Yeah, I imagine it. I guess. <laughs> um. Yeah i uh, I think I think it may struggle to get to 15 million if if it's at 12 now. Like, because I, think, get I there. think every fan. Before fans of the franchise would wait a little bit to buy it, maybe I think every From Software fan bought this game out of the gate.
1: Well, I think, think every, every From Software game fan does that anyway. Really? Because everyone's so terrified of spoilers. You think? Absolutely. I think I think ninety to ninety five percent of From Software diehard fans buy it day one. So no I'm question. wondering, like, when because they said, don't want to see anything before.
0: So I'm wondering uh, yeah. if the other games, if like if they ended up selling eight or ten, if they sold like seven in the first. Month or two, and then they end okay, so up getting an extra million. The, the
1: hardcore Souls fan base is between four and five million. Wow, um, and then the, a lot of the rest comes from curiosity about all the the chatter that it gets. Uh, yeah. Comes from the really deep sale. I mean, there's periods where you can get those Dark Souls games for four or nine dollars. You that's know, true. like that th- that's still yeah. units sold. Yeah, it but is. like you know, that's why I have it on every platform because at some point I could get like, Dark Souls not? Two Scholar the first same for five ninety nine, and I'm like, yeah, sure, yeah, I'll have that sense. there. Yep. Like, why not? So I think there's a lot of double and triple dipping, especially across generations by fans but like in this case the fact that Elden ring sold 12 million out of the gate i think you're looking at 6 million new players on that
0: probably and like the next game will be the x-factor
1: i mean look putting george r R. martin's name on that thing was the smartest thing they possibly could because it got it got chatter in mainstream channels that it never would have otherwise true yeah
0: their Um, next game is going to be the x-factor yeah, because you'll gonna, see yeah, all what's these it people do? that bought Elden Ring if they're like, "Yeah, I'm ready to do that again"
1: or not. Yeah, I mean, I think you will get a bump in comparison, to like say Dark Souls Three. Yeah, yeah. some like, people will stick around for sure. Are you going to sell another fifteen million on that thing? Probably not. I think a we'll lot see. of people did not, you know, vibe with this thing. We'll see. It'll um, be interesting to watch. I mean, I do. I there was a Twitter account I saw that was just collecting photos of like fifty four ninety nine used copies of Elden Ring, like the first few days after people would just take it right back.
0: I just looked on eBay at a curiosity. Curiosity and it's just flooded with them. Yeah, just thousands and thousands and thousands of Elden Ring, and now the price on eBay is like rock bottom because yeah. nobody wants it. And it's
1: it. it's notable that so many physical copies were sold because I think physical copies are being sold more commonly to the people that don't haven't played one before. That's true because they see it on the shelf and they're like, "Oh, that's that thing that they were talking about," so they pick it up. I mean, look, the fact that people are willing to pick it up at all is a good sign. Um, you're gonna pick up some people. You know, you're maybe gonna get twenty percent of those people back. Yeah, um, it is still going to raise. The sales profile for for Froms games in the end, it's just it's going to be interesting to see how much it's going to be interesting to see how many of those people you retain. Yeah, because um, it it you know there's a lot of people that are not. Interested or, or bounced off this game that you're never going to hear from because they don't talk about video games on Twitter. Yeah, you well, they just
0: bought it. I mean, I saw a little. Judging bit of any Twitter. kind of
1: anything by Twitter, Twitter is ten percent of the population, and one percent of those people are the ones who tweet, and point 0.1% of those people are the ones who do like eighty percent of the tweeting. Yeah. So you're not getting a really useful demographic slice looking yeah. at social media. So it'll be interesting to see what total sales look like on their next game, but we're going to have to wait a few years for that. Yep. The big question is, is their next game going to be something new, or is it going to be Elden Ring 2? And will Sony buy them?
0: Yep. Uh, Commander Fett, what is your fondest memory of working at Game Trailers with Brandon Jones? From Software, obviously, the hottest studio on the market right now. Yeah. I'm, my guess is they're accepting offers from everybody. And
1: Well, they're owned by a, a, a company that I don't think is interested in selling. Hmm. You'd have to buy the parent company to get them at this point, I think. Okay. Which, you know, Microsoft, hey. Microsoft <laughs> might. You know. You know. <laughs>
0: Fondest memory of working at Game Trailers with Brandon Jones. Um, man, there were so many. (sighs) Because we had so many wins and victories at Game Trailers. Like, literally every other week, like, something happened that our numbers were just, like, skyrocketing. That, like, we couldn't even, like, celebrate them all. Um, so my fondest memories were celebrating the wins with Jones. Um... Just trying to think which win might have been. Sometimes it was just like working together on retrospectives with him. Because I had worked on retrospectives at GameSpot. I was a features editor at GameSpot. And we had done really good retrospectives that were thousands and thousands of words long. But they were just text. They weren't video. And so when Jones was like, I want to start doing these retrospectives. And basically what you were doing at GameSpot but in video form. It was kind of like a melding of the minds. Where I had worked on the editorial side and the writing side of that stuff. And obviously he had the video editing chops and the production chops that he wanted to do it. So those were some of the fondest memories as far as working with him. But like probably the first E3 um, where Game Trailers was at E3 and we like killed it. Like our numbers just like went through the stratosphere. And I remember I was on the show floor for the first day and we were still small like i had only hired like maybe four people at that point like ryan stevens and a couple other ones i remember i had been on the floor all day and i really had no idea what was going on with the website um while i was gone and i came in it was like seven or eight o'clock i was really tired i remember walking into the office and somebody yelled shane's here when i walked in the door and everybody came out of their office and it was just like I just elation because everyone was like holy crap we just did it we just got over the hump we are now like a major player and the high fives that i got i'll never forget how bad my hand hurt because people were high-fiving me so hard and then i'm like what's going on and they're like come and look at these numbers i remember brent grabbing me by the arm and like dragging me into his office to show me like the numbers that we had done that day and like that's probably the best memory i have because i just remember his smiling face he was like the first face that i locked eyes with when i walked into the office and i heard shane's here and he came out and looked and we just made eye contact and i could just see on his face that something big had happened and i was oblivious because i was on the floor just working all day Uh, and he was kind of back at the base like managing everything so that's probably the best memory i have but i have so many like he's just He's a great guy. Like, the person that you saw on camera, that's him. It wasn't an act. Like, he's just a good dude. And, like, he used to have parties at his house and he'd invite everybody over. And, like, his wife is just as awesome as he is. And you can just see it. Like, I don't know. It's a shame that he left. It's a shame what this does to people. It just grinds you to a pulp. Like, sometimes I wake up and I'm shocked that I'm willing to get up and dust myself off and do it again. It's like... I know everyone's like jealous of these jobs or whatever, but it is a grind, man. It's like, there's always something you can be doing and then it's never good enough. And then you go on like my website and people are like saying, complaining about me. I'm like, what? Do you have any idea what I've done? What I've sacrificed for this? Do you know what Brandon sacrificed? He sacrificed his child's like younger years. It's like to criticize people like Brandon and I for not doing something wrong or not doing something right. That's just effing wrong. It just is. Like, think about it. Like, what we were doing to bring this to you. Like, the sacrifices that we've made, that Brandon has made. So, it sucks that he's gone, but I get it. Sometimes you feel like you're giving up your life and no one gives a shit. Seriously. And all they do is complain still. It's like, really? And I feel
1: like... It's also why George Lucas sold Star Wars.
0: Yeah. It's never good enough.
1: And look how that turned out.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I know what, how Brandon's feeling. And I know there's probably parts of it that were tied into his child being ill and it was a wake-up call. Like, that wake-up call for me should have been when my dad and my sister were killed in a car accident. Like, I should have woken up. Like, instead, what did I do? I took three days off. And I'm back doing this again. And still, you guys complain. That's why Brandon's gone. You guys need to change your attitudes towards people like us. We're also not like 19 years old anymore. It's hard to do this. It's hard to dedicate 14 or 15 hours a day to a job when you're our age. But here we are grinding for you guys. Like, give it a break, man. Give it a freaking break. Or you're going to keep losing people like Brandon. And that's all I'll say on that. Undy Unchained. <laughs> Are you excited for Kirby in the Forgotten Land? Yes. We, did, we talked about it in the last Game Face, the one we did two weeks ago. I really liked it. Yeah. I, I think it's an auspicious demo that's up on the eShop right now, and I hope the full game continues what's in there because I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I'll play it. Yep. Uh, one more question um vincent said the playstation trophy percentages are similar for elden ring mm. okay 61 percent of playstation owners have beaten Godric. that's impressive that's pretty good. i'm surprised um andy t monahan here's the last one another elden ring question does the next game have an easy mode despite the sales numbers
1: uh judging by miyazaki's comments no no
0: i mean the sales numbers mean that they won't put it in <laughs>
1: Mm. I don't don't think he'd put it in anyway right I don't either
0: but now that it's sold like that like hell no there's no way he's going to change anything they're not going to change anything how they did PR for that they're going to do it exactly the same way
1: they're going to go get Brandon Sanderson to to be the the, the author for the world
0: literally everything that they did for Elden Ring, Bandai Namco and From Software they're going to do it exactly that way again until Mm. it stops working
1: oh you're never going to see another From game without an open world Never. Never. That's it. That's, that's what these games yeah. are from now You'll on.
0: never get a more linear kind of curated experience out of one of their games again. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. Because why would you? You'd be an idiot to do anything but what you're doing. Um, so, yeah, everything that they did, all the marketing, and one thing that does make me happy is that they did reach out to us and got us into the beta Um, we had review code very early, which isn't easy for us because we're a smaller site. So sometimes getting review code is a struggle. Sometimes getting review code from Bandai Namco is tough. Like they won't send us like Dragon Ball fighters, but they sent us Elden Ring and it worked. So I wish other publishers realized that distributing review code like that is a good thing. Um, but anyway, I think Bandai Namco and From Software will do everything exactly the same next time except it'll be Elden Ring 2 and they'll add some features and hopefully make it crazier than the first one. So, yeah, if you're worried that they're going to make changes, don't be. When you have success like this, you do the same thing mm-hmm. until it stops working.
1: Like hopefully what what the next one they make will be look like that Demon Souls remake because it yeah. just be for the new console. That's
0: cuz that was that is a big complaint from me personally about the game is I love the art in the game but technically it's a little a drop behind also the next game will be a ps5 exclusive they're not going to be mm-hmm. making it for both generations so well, i gotta help.
1: say i looked at some retrospective stuff uh about dark souls stuff some like dark souls lore stuff and some a lot of it you know a lot of it's old like 10 years old using footage from the original dark souls game oh my god I, oh i it it's eye searingly bad like mm-hmm. I, i'm so used to the remastered version that yeah. i'm just like oh my god it looked like that
0: yeah it's easy like, to forget
1: it's terrible. It looks awful. Yeah. Like, it, it, yeah. You forget how 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 Demon Souls look to the eye even at the time.
0: I remember because I saw it at Tokyo Game Argue. Show, and Ryan can't tell Demon's- what it's supposed to be. Ryan at Stevens the time. pulled me over there. He's like, "Should we cover this?" And I looked at it and I said, "No." Mm-hmm. And uh, we got to like the last day, and we had tackled everything, and he's like, "All right, I'm gonna go tackle that Demon Souls thing now." I'm like, "All right, go ahead." And uh, he he saw it. For whatever reason, Ryan Stevens saw what was in that franchise way before anyone else. Mm. I remember coming back from TGS and he kept talking about that game. And I'm like, dude, that game is a piece of crap. It feels like it's held together with like Elmer's glue. And he's like, you're right. He's like, but there's something about it. He's like, I can't wait to play it and blah, blah, blah. So he definitely had his eye on the future with that one. So with that, we're going to have to close episode 293. We will be back here again next week, next Tuesday. Um, again, apologies for missing last week. I was sick as a dog. You know if Shane doesn't do Game Face, he is feeling low, and I was feeling awful. Uh, so it's great to feel better. It's great to be back. We'll be back again next week, next Tuesday, right here at twitch.tv siftedgames at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. If you're listening to this show on any of the podcast feeds and Game Faces on all of them, at the very least, leave us a review. And if you'd really like to help us, head to patreon.com sifted and drop us a pledge. Again, our Patreon is still at rock bottom, the lowest it's ever been. Um, I don't know if some people maybe you'll reconsider us now that things are changing over at Easy Allies. I don't know. Um, but we do the best that we can for you guys. And I think we keep our current patrons pretty happy with the amount of content that we create. So, Matt, good to be back with you here on Game Face. We'll see you guys next Tuesday. Game Face is up and Out.